Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sowers, sitting here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt, as well as the illustrious Ted Carter that we've had on the uh, podcast before. We there was like there was like the last podcast was pretty much like uh, about you and kind of your life story and the things that you did, and but there's a lot of really great things that Ted and Nate and I always end up talking about, and uh, lots of uh, interesting. Uh, conspiracy theories would be the word that uh, people like to throw out there that we found that are probably more accurate than theory and conspiracy lately. So that was kind of going to be just a little bit of the the direction of the podcast today. So thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. The uh, So what uh, what have you been up to since the last time we talked to you? I know that you, oh, you joined the Catholic Church. I did. Yes. And how's that going? Um, great. Great. Um, you know, I'd Grew up as a Methodist, went to Cross Point for probably about 10 years. Um, and then during COVID, when the churches shut down and then Andy was kind of gone for a while, wasn't pre, I don't know what was going on, but you know, I just felt like the world was kind of burning down around us and nobody would step up and say, Hey, this is the direction we're going. And so at that time, Janine and I were dating. So every other weekend, I was either at Cross Point, and then the next weekend, I would be at the Catholic Church. Well, Father Kiter, I mean, he just laid it out. I mean, like every time I was there, he was he was talking about an issue. He didn't he didn't care who it offended. You know, he was just laying it down. And I'm like, man, that's. That's enough to make me Catholic because somebody talking about mass, vaccines, abortion, I mean, all of that. I mean, he would hit home on it. And uh, that's what really started opening my eyes is that. And then I go to and nothing against Crosspoint. I'm not bashing it at all. I, I loved it there, but it just felt like it was maybe scratching the surface. Like I wanted to go deeper. Yeah. And then. Um, so I got into talking to Father Michael at, at Lyons at St. Paul, and he was like, well, why don't you just come to our CIA classes? That doesn't mean you have to become Catholic, you know, just... What does CIA stand for? Central Intelligence Agency. <laughs> <laughs> it's, this uh, coming from the conspiracy guy. <laughs> the conspiracy guy went to CIA classes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. I can't remember. Is it Catholic indoctrination uh, or something like that? Or? I can't remember. Oh, okay. But anyway, I continue. Uh, anyway, so it's, it's basically teaching you the Catholic religion and the different things that they do during Mass, what, it, what they mean. Because if you go to Mass, um, it's pretty confusing if you're not mm-hmm. Catholic and you've never been around Catholics. Like, the first time I went, I was like, this is really weird. I don't know what any of this means. They're ringing bells. They're doing the incense, you know. They're sprinkling the holy water. I'm like, this is crazy. I don't even know what any of this is about. But after learning a lot about it, um, it makes a whole lot of sense now and, and just... Um, I just really have grown a deeper love for God and Jesus and opened my eyes to the Blessed Virgin Mary. Um, because, you know, growing up as a Methodist and then um, in Cross Point, you don't really ever talk about Mary very much. 
maybe at Jesus's birth, um, at the crucifixion. But other than that, I mean, you don't really, there's not a whole lot of talk of Mary. And I know that's, um, a lot of people that knew that I joined the Catholic church. They were like, why would you do that? Because, you know, they worship Mary. And I'm like, no, we we don't worship Mary. We honor and respect Mary because Mary was chosen by God to give birth to Jesus, to bring us Jesus. After his crucifixion, God is using Mary in the role of bringing us to Jesus. So we honor and respect her. We don't worship Mary. Oh, but, okay. um, you know, the us Catholics believe that Mary is the queen of heaven. Um, she was Jesus' Christ's mother. So I feel like she's a very important person. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we I don't think, put her above God or Jesus. Yeah, I think no. there's there's definitely a difference between worshiping someone and oh, giving yeah. them respect. I mean, yeah. I mean, all three of us, we give each other respect in this mm-hmm. room, and we treat each other respectful and, you know, help each other out and lift each other up, talk well about each other to others. Um, you know, except Nate, I don't say good things about him, but, um, uh, you know, but we You're just, not the only one. It's okay. <laughs> we just, uh, so I mean, I, I get that. That makes, that's interesting. And, and I know that, uh, what, what was the name of the, the father in Lions again? Father Michael. Father Michael, that's right. Yeah. I thought so. But, you know, I really want to get him on. Oh, like, yeah. And, and just, just ask him some of those, like, hard questions. Cause I know the little bit that I've met him, that he wouldn't, you know, take it like offensive. And no, I think that's an, an important piece in this equation because it kind of leads into the next point of one thing I wanted to talk about was, you know, it, it were you in any way condescended to talk down to or forced through this whole process of being, becoming a Catholic? No, not at all. Uh, well, I take that back. Um, a few people have really kind of given it to me about becoming Catholic. But not Catholics. But I meant, I meant the people within the church itself. No. Within the, the Catholic church no, or, or uh-huh. those people like that. No. I mean, I, I get you can't make everybody happy. Yeah. But. Um, no. Um, in fact, it was it's awesome of Janine because she never, ever pushed me at all. Um, and in fact, I questioned her a lot about stuff, you know, and, and she would... Skeptically? Yeah. Okay. Because... I was not a fan of the Catholic Church at all. I mean, I did not like it. And I told her, I said, you know, I love you, so I will go. And I'll just keep an open mind. But I said, if I, I'm just going to be honest. If I get to the point to where I just don't believe in what they're saying, I I don't really want to go to it. And she's like, that's fair. I'll, you know, never, ever push me to go. Um but after asking questions and then figuring out what different parts of the mass was about, um, I did have that fear of, well, gosh, they, they, you know, they worship Mary, they worship all these saints, you know, isn't it just supposed to be God, you know, Jesus, but that's not the case at all. Um, you know, it's the same thing or with saints, we love and honor them, but we don't worship them. Um, I didn't understand confession, didn't understand the Holy Eucharist. Um, and it, it's just mind blowing. I mean, the confession part, that's, I really had a problem with it. Purgatory, didn't understand purgatory. Um, 
because all of this stuff just seemed like why why wouldn't you take this right to God? You know, if I sinned against somebody or whatever, I should be able just to take it right to God, which you can. Catholics don't say that you can't. But this is to acknowledge your sins um, in front of a father that can absolve you of the sin, not that you aren't absolved right from God or Jesus. But it's basically to help you from keeping, from committing the same sin. Because if I have to come in and tell you over and over and over a sin that I committed, it's going to be like, man, I don't, I want to stop doing that because I don't, this is embarrassing. I don't want to keep coming in and telling him that, you know? Well, that, and I think, you know, and Janine can even align with this and so can you. Pain shared is pain divided. Right. You know, joy, yeah. joy shared is joy multiplied. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the confessional is, you know, designed to be anonymous. So it's not yeah. like, it's not like I'm, I'm supposed to know that it was you and what you had. It's like you're, you're sharing it to be, to, to, to divide that pain and to change and to be better and not to live outwardly and openly in sin. You're, you're trying to change your heart. Yeah. Well, and another thing it is, you know, when you have sinned and, and you confess it to your father, um, the priest, you know, in front of God, the father, and the priest is praying with you for, to absolve you of your sins. It, I mean, it's pretty peaceful. You know, it's just like, you know, if, if we prayed together to forgive me for whatever I did. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's pretty peaceful. So that leads me into the next thing that I wanted, that I wanted to talk about that we kind of briefly touched on in the gym. I always feel bad when I hit you up in the gym because I know that you and I were always going to end up like talking. And especially if we're like mid set where you're trying to like work through and you're on a time scale and it's like, I really don't want to stand here for 30 minutes and talk to you, Nick. Leave me alone. <laughs> I always feel so bad. So I, I, there was so much more I wanted to say, but I knew that. You know, and then I was like, well, wait, why don't we just do a podcast? And we're like, yeah. And then we like made it work out. So, um, one of the things was, and, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to throw any names out there because the names aren't important to the story. Um, they aren't important to what's going on, but the 4th of July in Sterling, the, 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 the parade had a, a pride float, um, mm-hmm. for the LGBTQ, whatever, you know, all of the alphabet, <clears throat> alphabet soup is. And, there was a, a church that had said like, Hey, you're not, you know, like you are not allowed to use my church parking lot for anything because you've allowed this to happen. Uh, you've allowed them to be in your parade. And to me, they told the city that, right? They told the... the American Legion. Okay. Cause I think they're the ones that put it on. Okay. Um, and to me, like that was an absolutely tremendous missed opportunity to show them the love of Christ. Now, for those of you listening, hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that we stand out there with these picket lines and say God hates gays. I'm not saying that we stand out there and call fire and brimstone down on them. I'm not saying we go out there and tell them that they're sinners and they're going to hell. But you see constantly through the Gospels, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but you see constantly through the Gospels of Christ going to all of those you know, quote unquote, broken people that were on the outside of society, on the fringes, or not accepted, and all that other kind of stuff, and mentoring to them, and forgiving them, and bringing them to the love of God. Yeah, I agree. And totally. 
What a tremendous missed opportunity. I mean, I think that me personally, I think that like, like we, we talked with Mike Cressy on the podcast. He talked about how he was missing something and that's why he became a trans man. He thought that was going to fulfill and fill him. Mm-hmm. But Christ and God was the only thing that filled him and made him feel whole again. And so all you did was by doing that was further push them towards, you know, Satan or demons or whatever it is that yeah. that they are worshiping, that they are going after, that they are seeking. Mm-hmm. And you did not show them the love of Christ. I mean, it's like you, they were like the lepers that you shunned, that they're, they're, they're supposed to live 30 miles from town and not get too close to us. And that is the complete opposite of what we should be doing. And I can't further ingraining that they don't belong. You exactly. Know? Right. I mean, I, I can't even imagine how that must make them feel. Well, and I think that's probably the. I don't know. I might be wrong, but I think that's kind of the reaction they were hoping they'd get is to be like, "Well, see, we came to the small Christian town and see how all these hateful Christians treated us." Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's another thing, too, um, that, that I kind of struggle with because there is that whole issue with, like, the library and stuff that's going on in town. <laughs> well, needless, needless to say, I'm the officer that's working w- during the next meeting. When, when is that? It's supposed to be way, Monday. Tomorrow Monday night? evening, yeah. What time? <laughs> um, if you're listening to the podcast, it's tonight. Um, but, uh, I'm not sure. Okay. But, I'm going to set up a popcorn stand out front. You might, you might want to sell lawn chairs, too. <laughs> yeah. I want to go. Are, have they moved it to a bigger venue? I saw a talk I, on I, the I don't know. bulletin about moving it to Studio 96. Yeah, that's what I, I saw that on Facebook. Well, here's my thing. And, um, you know, I, I'm kind of putting myself out on a limb here, but I'm fine with that. Is <laughs> Is if you want me to come to a public meeting as a law enforcement officer and... People have a right to address their elected officials, which I know the library board isn't necessarily elected, but they're they're appointed. They're, they're by appoint- elected. Well, the director is appointed by the elected officials, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. Like they they make a recommendation, and basically the city commission just says, "Yeah, okay, that's fine. They can be the director." I mean, it's really never been an issue until now. Well, until so, last week, I didn't even know there was a library board. Yeah, <laughs> me either. And so people were asking me, "Do you know who's on the library board?" I'm like, "I no idea." Well, typically they ask us law enforcement officers to be present at those kind of things. Obviously, tensions yeah. are high. Mm-hmm. But my thing that I have an issue with is if you think that I'm going to arrest people that are addressing their elected officials angrily, you have another thing coming. Not happening. Now, if you cross a line of I'm going to kill you with mm-hmm. those words or you're charging at a commissioner or you know, you're fighting with somebody yeah. or you're assaulting someone because assault and battery are two very different things. One's a reasonable apprehension of fear. One is physical contact. So, um, you know, if, if you're breaking like a law as far as that stuff's concerned, that's a different story. But if, if you have a guy that stands up and he's dropping F-bombs at a city commissioner or a library board or that kind of stuff and you think that I'm going to arrest them, no. People have a right to angrily address their elected officials and you're appointed by an elected official thus enjoy you kind of inherited that Mm -hmm. and so um you know i'm i'm really not necessarily looking forward to that but i think that's another thing too is is like uh you know the thing that, that that i have about it is everybody that's like complaining about that whole thing you know there's a really easy solution to that problem take the public money out of the equation 
once you take the public money out, because whether you like it or not, sexual orientation is now a protected class federally. So when you have public money involved, you can't discriminate based on sexual orientation, which is kind of the idea behind those books. They're those pronoun books and things. So everybody that's complaining, I think that if, if you are standing there and you're complaining that you should pony up your private money and privately fund that library, and then you can decide what goes on those, on those shelves. Other than that, you really have no other leg to stand on. You can sit there and cry and whine t- until you're blue in the face. Yeah. But that circling back to the whole, see how the Christians like treated me, that kind of thing mm-hmm. is I, I, I fear. That considering the public office that I'm seeking is if I hold that line and I allow people to be addressed and I don't make that arrest decision on somebody that our community doesn't necessarily align with, that now I'm going to be seen as this bad guy, which I don't, I don't align with that the alphabet soup side of things. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But on the flip side of the coin is our scripture also says that laws were made or God made government, government made laws, thus laws are from God. And so the, our, the whole sexual orientation thing and everything is through the system that God put into place. And so like I have struggles with, with, you know, pushing, pushing back and not protecting everyone and giving grace and love to everyone. I'm not saying that, that God likes sexual orientation. Please understand I'm not making mm-hmm. that segue there. Yeah. But what I'm getting at is, is that, I fear that I'm going to be looped into that whole same thing if, you know, one of the alphabet soup people get up and talk versus, you know, our conservative Christian Sterling person gets up and talk. I'm going to give equal protection. It's yeah. not it's yeah. not one way or the other. And so uh, I'm curious of how that'll go because I'm working Monday <laughs> during that time. <laughs> yeah, I and, I, go and I'm sure to, I'll be asked to go. I just I want to go just to see what happens and um because I feel like probably the school will be attacked next, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that would make sense. uh, Yeah. Well, I mean, and the thing also there is, is like, number one, when it comes, I think we spend too much time expecting the government to parent our children. That's Mm -hmm. a, that's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. You should be sitting your children down saying, Hey, you might see a book like this. Here's maybe what that means. This is not what our family believes and understands. Here's what we believe. And here's why. Because that's a that's a big deal to kids, especially today with the access of information at their palm right. of their hand. Mm-hmm. They want to know why. And it's hard to get ahead of that kind of stuff because of that access, because yeah. of how much information they have in their phone. Yeah, oh, sit yeah. sit down and like parent your kids. Have a talk with them. Let them know. And nobody's forcing you to go to USD three seven six. Nobody's forcing you to put your kids in public school. Nobody's forcing you. Like you can choose to do homeschooling. You can choose to send your kid to a private school. I mean, you can do a lot Send of other kids things. To Nickerson. You can do a lot of, <laughs> you can do a, <laughs> from what you've told me, that's like not, not fun either. They'll get a education <laughs> on some other seems, things. Seems how that's all where the, all the kids that get kicked out of Hutch go to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody, I mean, I love Dickerson. Like that's where I grew up, but we have some rough kids that come from the South part of Hutch and rough areas in the, in the Hutchinson area. And if they get kicked out of Hutch, they come to Nickerson. <laughs> so. But um, but I, I'm just interested in seeing how that goes. I think it's going to be a, a rough, rough experience. Yeah, I hope it doesn't get ugly, but it probably will. Did you see the Did you see the Christine from the cafe that she posted that people were like leaving negative business, oh, business I did. reviews? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, that, Ethan I'm, posted something too about it happening at Clive's. That makes absolutely no people sense to me. F- not from this community yeah. doing that. 
I'm like, what did those business owners have to do with that? They didn't make Nothing. those decisions. And well, the, it's like, go ahead, sorry. I mean, the issue is, is like, our town is just like split down the middle right now, and that's not what we need at all. You know, we need to come together and do something to react to this. And I feel like our government officials aren't doing anything about that. Maybe they'll do that tomorrow, this meeting, and figure something out. But I know there's been talk of doing like a gateway into town from the north side, you know, like, let's get something together and like put that out there. Let's show what we're going to do. I've heard <clears throat> talks of doing a like a big peace sign on the north side of town because it used to be called Peace before it was called Sterling. Right. Mm-hmm. Put a big peace sign up there and say, hey, we're united as one, like, we're peaceful, like, I don't know, I just feel like this is the perfect opportunity for something like that. They were trying to go with that broomcorn statue. Yeah, that's... <laughs> there, are people with, there were people with more money than you and I making those decisions. <laughs> but That's uh, what I'd pull over on the side of the road to see. Well, I mean, you're, you're an elected official. How do you navigate that? Because I know that you don't align with that, but the, but the simple fact of the matter is, here's the deal. If you vote, right, like let's say you vote, we're banning those books. The school board votes that. Mm-hmm. Like, now you've opened the school up to significant liability. you know... Civil lawsuits. Right. And I think that's where the library board went wrong. And, you know, it may not have been their fault, uh, because I think they're probably ambushed a little bit. So, you know, when Michelle was interviewed, I think she was probably ambushed a little bit. Maybe I'm wrong. She should have just said no comment. Yeah. And that probably would have... Made it a little better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they could have gotten together with a lawyer and put out a statement. I mean, that's not something someone from small towns has to deal with a lot. No. Is publicity no, coming not. in like I that. Mean, well, especially the director of a small library. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. That, I'm sure public information officer training wasn't exactly yeah. forefront on anyone's mind. Which yeah. I called our superintendent right after that happened. And I said, we better get a statement ready because seeing as... A person there works at the high school library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're probably going to be next. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, I think you might be right. And so, you know, we're saying no comment on anything. And we're going to formulate a statement with our school district lawyer. Um, so we kind of cover the bases yeah. and not be – because I think – and I don't think it's – I think she was just ambushed. She probably said some things that now she probably would have just said. I wouldn't guess, you know, I probably shouldn't have said that. Hindsight's or, always twenty or, twenty. Yeah. Yeah. Or just should have said no comment. But since I put it out there, now that whole community is attacking Sterling. You know, the Wichita Eagle article, that was ridiculous. Yeah. You know. I didn't see that one. Yeah, you should read it because it's like paints all of Sterling with a broad brush that we probably better grow our hair out to hide our rednecks. <laughs> You know, but you know, here's what I'm we're all right. we're all bigots. We're all racist. We're here's one it's thing. It's nuts. You you know as well as I do. Us sitting in the room, we align pretty much similarly. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say we're exactly the same, but holding to your values and holding a standard isn't always a bad thing. No. Because people are like, well, now people aren't going to want to come visit our community. Okay, great. Like you, that, <laughs> th- those are the people that you you aren't wanting to come to your community. That what's wrong yeah. with that? You're wanting the people that have your values to live in your community and bolster it and be a part of it. And there's also scripture about there that talks about how um, basically if God is not with a community, the guards labor in vain. And I'm, I'm very much paraphrasing there. 
And I've always felt like God is a part of our community. I I have never labored in vain in Sterling. We don't suffer from the same things. And a lot of that has to do with a lot of different things. It's not just, it's, it's God blessing economically and everything. I mean, he's just blessed the community and we Mm -hmm. don't struggle with some of the same things that partner communities around us do. And that's not me on my high horse or anything like that. No, that's just the statistics speaking for themselves. And, um, bringing those people into our community though could be a good thing too because that's exactly what i'm talking about but like people making comments saying like stay out of our town this and that it's like that ain't gonna help the situation at all Uh -uh. (laughs) that is gonna stoke the flames and i mean it's just complete opposite that's the reaction they want they want to see that and that's just gonna continue to snowball and you know before this happened and i might be wrong but tell me your guys's opinion i never got the sense that LGBTQIA, whatever, weren't welcomed. Hmm. You know, I never thought there was really an issue at all. I mean, I mean, there's several couples in town that mm-hmm. I think have been treated just like normal yeah. heterosexual couples. Yeah, I would say, I mean, it's one of the things that you'll see them at the cafe, <clears throat> you'll see them at Dylan's. I mean, they're not, they're definitely not in hiding. They're definitely not, I mean, it's not like other towns where you see people's red doorbells, <laughs> they're, pride flags flying and people lighting them on fire and tearing them down. It's like, that's not happening in Sterling. No. Yeah. <coughs> um, well, uh, also another thing is um, you probably shouldn't make any official statement on what I'm getting ready to say. But, you know, one thing I learned in the academy was when it comes to things that are protected speech or protected class, the only thing the government can limit is time and location. They cannot limit message. So, for instance, Westboro Baptist Church came to Sterling, Kansas, yep. and picketed Bob Bethel's funeral. Yeah, I was part of that. And not part of. I that. was going to say you were. <laughs> I, <don't, laughs> I was on the other uh, side. <laughs> I was like, I was that's like, in my previous life. No, I was. I was part of the Patriot Guard. Oh, okay. On the, holding the flags. Rock on. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. The. The, I was like, I was like, I don't remember, I don't remember Ted standing there holding the uh, "God hates gays" flag. I, I don't remember that. I was on the megaphone. God hates. <laughs> they were the songs they were singing were ridiculous. Well, you know, were you, in, you were there that day. I was part of the protection. of Okay. Them. Yeah. Just all the songs they were singing. I mean it. It got to be comical because they were just so ridiculous. Well, so you noticed how we gave them their area to stand yeah. in, right? So mm-hmm. we, we limited the location and as much, and also the time that they did. We gave them like their hour or whatever it was. But you know, truthfully, Sterling, Kansas could have issued them their permit to protest at Sterling Lake in a 12 by 12 square at four o'clock in the morning. They could have done that. Hmm. They can't censor the message. But they can dictate time and location. Okay. So that makes me think when we talk about this whole book thing, okay, well, if you, if you don't want kids to potentially be exposed to that, okay, the book's on the shelf, but it's way over there in the corner where nobody else goes. Or it's way back in this room that nobody else goes. It's still on a shelf. It's still there. The government money paid for it. It's on the shelf in a government building, but it's over here. So I'm thinking time and location. Again, don't make any statements there. But um, that's where, you know, that's where my mind goes on that kind of stuff. Like, you know, if, if we want to play games, we can play games. Like, that's my thing with, with my law enforcement is, like, when criminals want to play games with me, okay, we can play games. I usually just try to be straight, upfront, and honest. But, you know, 
that's just uh that's just if there's more than one way to skin a cat you know right. and try to hold to your values and try to protect your children at all costs i mean and there is i think there honestly right now seems to be a war on kids oh, in this in this world sure. in this world and it seems like from my perspective and i have no evidence i have no studies but from my perspective the filthy rich in this community are the ones preying on that not in our community but just the, the community yeah. of america as mm-hmm. a whole or the world as a whole you know are profiting off of those things yeah just like i told you guys i just saw sound of freedom and you know at the movie at the end of the movie it's given different um statistics and that and the united states is the number one consumer of child porn and like buying children for sex. So, I mean, which then makes me think what, what is the, what is the easiest place right now to move children in this country? Like if you're bringing in a new flow of children, where's the easiest place to get that done right now? The Southern border. The Southern border. Yep. And what are the elites of our country doing? Ignoring the Southern Ignoring border. Ignoring the Southern mm-hmm. border. But hmm. they have for years. Makes me wonder. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's, it's been Trump, a Trump didn't. Trump, Trump didn't. He funded how many million, billions of dollars yeah. towards that wall and built, built pieces of it. But Trump made some promises in doing that that never came to fruition. Well, he only because had of four years. <laughs> because of his election. I mean, he yeah. said Mexico was going to pay for this shit. And there ain't no way Mexico was ever going to pay for that. Um, but I mean, it's been a talking point for elections for, how many presidents? You know, Obama, mm-hmm. Bush. I mean, they've all talked about it, but not a single fucking one does anything about it. Not even Trump. I mean, he he says he did, but... Well, I'll tell you from the lines of Sterling, Kansas, which are far from the southern border, right? The immigration and customs enforcement climate is significantly different now mm-hmm. than it was under the Trump administration. Oh, there, well, there's because, a lot, a lot more people trying to come in now too. I think, like, oh, yeah. like my thing is, is like there are people, like for instance, my uh, my father-in-law's nephews. They came from Venezuela. They did the whole asylum thing. I mean, they filled out the paperwork. They they didn't just buy a coyote and you know come across illegally, but they're just coming here because Venezuela is a shit show. It is is socialist communist it's all the ists above Mm -hmm. and it's bad i mean they literally have um because this will segue into what we're getting ready to talk about the government literally gives them a debit card each month that's basically their food stamp card and says here you go this is how much food you can get this month but you know the little the little packages of flour the pawn flowers have you ever Mm -hmm. seen those you can buy them here for 99 cents they're in venezuela they're like 20 to 50 dollars oh my god Okay, like that's how bad it is. So the government's giving you, let's say, 50 bucks. All right, go buy your food. What are you going to do with that? Okay. Central Bank digital currency. Excuse me. Sorry, I had something stuck in my throat there. Um, You know, things like that, that that. So people that are coming here and they're wanting a better life and they're wanting to contribute and they're wanting that like phenomenal. Let's do this. But when you come here and you violate law, especially when you're violent. You know, you don't want to get a driver's license. You don't want to get insurance. You don't want to tag your cars. You don't, don't want to do pay those taxes. things. You know, that used to be that when we would take people into custody from other countries, ICE would put a hold on them and say, like, we, at the very least, we want to talk to them. Don't release them. And anymore, like, you literally have to pretty much kill somebody before ICE will put a hold. So, you know, I'm not saying, like, that I hate them all. 
send them all back. But like, if you like, let's help you to get through the process and do things the right way. Mm -hmm. Um, one guy that I arrested that he was stealing identities just recently, he had meth on him and he was stealing identities and all kinds of other stuff. And I asked him, I said, how much did you spend on a coyote to get here? He said 12 grand. Wow. I'm thinking 12 grand a person. Wow. And I, uh, my father-in-law is looking into getting his citizenship. He's here on a work visa. Um, it has been for a really long time. Sucky thing is he has to go all the way to Dallas to re-up anything with the Venezuelan because there's no Venezuelan consulate here. So the closest place he can go is New York or can, or, uh, Dallas. Mm-hmm. Those are the two places. And, uh, he was asking about his citizenship and it was like 7,000. I'm like, dude, you could have gotten your full citizenship and some with that money. And I just wonder, you know, like if you're fleeing the cartel, I don't really have a chance to get my, my citizenship. <laughs> I can't wait in, in yeah. Mexico to get my citizenship. I get that. So, uh, I think it, it's something that it definitely needed to be case by case. But like at the very least, why aren't, like, why don't we as a, not, not the government, but we as people and as a community, why aren't we like trying to help get them through that process and get them everything they need to be successful? That's the whole idea of America. Right. Um, because if we fix it, then we don't have that talking point for elections. Yeah, and then we can't make a podcast bitching about it. No <laughs> joke. Have you ever had any human trafficking cases in Rice County? No. Um, I mean, here's the deal, though, because like prostitution is technically human trafficking. Um, you know, if they have a pimp, if they're prostituting themselves without a pimp, then it, then it doesn't classify as human trafficking. But, um, I, I, there was one case I think that we might have been able to make if we, at that time, we were trained better, but we just didn't know what to look for. We didn't know right. what it looked like. I mean, to, it used to be that you arrested the prostitute and put her in jail and that stopped the prostitution, right? Well, no, she'd get out and go right back to the same thing, but she's still being victimized because she's selling her body for a hundred bucks and then all the money's being taken from her by her pimp. And then she's having to keep going, and then once in a while he'll buy her a, a Gucci purse or something. You know, that's the whole idea, right? Financial exploitation or the withholding from food, etc. And so, like, that whole thing has changed when it comes to that. It's not just kids being abducted, but it's, like, women or men or whoever mm-hmm. being exploited sexually, financially, etc. Uh, or worked into the ground, Um but I don't think we have had one there. Now there was one that I look back on that I shouldn't, I don't shouldn't say haunt me, haunts me, but I regret in Pratt when I was a reserve deputy. And I'm talking like I hadn't been to the academy. We had training there on how to be a cop and what the mm-hmm. laws were and constitutionality. But I pulled over your, I mean, your stereotypical white panel pedo van. Okay. Two Asian men in the front seat. And an Asian young lady laying down in the back on the metal floor. Like, right? This is like a work van. Um, and it didn't really have any tools in it that I can remember. <laughs> there weren't any. It wasn't like it was an. And it was odd. And it was awkward. Mm. And she. And looking back on that, that young lady was being trafficked. Looking back on it. But I didn't know it. But I. I re, the deputy and I remember Dan Elstock. He was the guy that was with me. We were both talking. Something's not right here. I mean, I'm getting, right. I'm getting goosebumps telling this story right now. Something's not right here, but we didn't know. We weren't trained. We didn't know what to ask. We didn't know what to look for. Plus, there was a language barrier. Yeah. Um, we let her go. Let them go on down the road. I mean, and it haunts me to think of what may or may not have happened to that young lady. Yeah. As a result of my decision. 
You think Wichita's a hub? I think that there's anywhere there's money to be made or had because like NFL drafts, you know, anywhere like for instance, the, uh, when the, the college basketball tournament comes here to Hutch, you have an influx of people. You're going to have pimps and people like that moving into this area and selling. Yeah. Um, anywhere that they can find an influx of people to make money. Do you remember, and I don't remember how long ago this was, it may be 10 years or longer, but do you remember the guy in Wichita that flew his plane into a building at the Wichita airport? Huh. It was like a, I want to say it was like an experimental building where they did like experimental designs on airplanes and that, and the guy worked there. And they said that he had a malfunction on his airplane, but I mean, he flew the plane right into the building. So with all that open area out there, I mean, how does he fly it right into the building? Well, I was listening to a podcast probably a year or two ago, and they started talking about that. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're talking about <coughs> Wichita, Kansas. And this guy, and I remember that story because I thought, man, that is so weird. How does this guy fly right into this building? He must have been really drunk. <laughs> yeah. And uh so they start talking about that they knew this guy and I th- I think if if I'm right he died in the the crash. the crash. But they I guess knew him and he was trying to get it out that this building they were trafficking out of it. Out of it. Like they would pick up people at the airport take them right over to this building and then they would load them up in vans and then they'd go all different directions. Mm-hmm. And so I guess nobody would, would take him seriously or whatever. So he crashed his plane in this building. So hopefully they would search the building and try to find evidence or something. Hmm. Don't know if any of that's true, but that's what this podcast talked about. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Um, I know Salina. I've heard that Salina is kind of a hub because it's right there, two major interstates, you know, uh, so you yeah. can haul ass either direction if you need. Well, I mean, think think of the human trafficking the same that you'd think of drugs. Because drugs are ultimately the high commodity um, because, like, for instance, a pimp, what are they using that money for? What are they likely addicted to? Drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. So wherever drugs are, that is king. Everything else... That is um, undesirable in society will follow. So if if you're if you're hitting drugs more, and I'm not saying you're your college kid with a dime bag of weed in his pocket. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. I'm talking about your people that are moving decent amounts of things like methamphetamine, cocaine. I mean the things that are very hard on your body, very addictive, and cause a lot of crime. That's what I'm talking about. If you can hit those, that's where you will help decrease, I think, your overall criminality. Because if if it's harder to get in your community, they're going to go elsewhere where it's easier to find it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, could they bring it back to your community as a result? Sure. But if you just make it a little bit harder, the one thing I found of people that are typically addicted to those substances, you know, they're really hard up for money because it's expensive. I mean, it's mm-hmm, an expensive yeah. habit to keep up on. So they struggle with gas money. They struggle with tires. They struggle with that. So they're going to move into a community where all they got to do is walk to go get whatever it is that they want to get. So, um, so, you know, if you can help hit those things, then, then you can, you can actually help hit things like that because, I mean, you know, as well as I do 
the CIA has used drugs to fund oh, how God. many how many things throughout our yeah. our existence. Mm-hmm. And so and they and then as a result they're funding you know potentially trafficking, they're funding yeah. um wars, they're funding uh uh guns, they're funding ammo. So wherever drugs are, that is where you should really focus because every other debauchery will follow. Yeah. Well, and at the at the end of that movie, I think it said that uh, human trafficking has overtaken the drug trade as the most profitable. And the guy was talking about it, and he's like, you know, you can only use cocaine one time, but a kid will turn five to six tricks a day. Well, and not only that, but but think of <laughs> but think of supply and demand as well. I can create, like for instance, if I want to scale my cocaine production, I can't, right? Like I can move from a kilo a day to 500 kilos a day as long as I position myself correctly and I have enough chemicals, that kind of stuff. Kids, not so much. You know, you need nine months. You need to make the kid. You need to groom them. You need to then steal them and then put them into the trade as well. So it's a supply and demand thing as well. I mean, if you, if you break, break it down into cold economics, that's, that's where that makes sense. But you're, you're also correct in the sense of like it can be used. Mm-hmm. many times over oh and then the sad part of it is is they said their life through this is about 10 years and at the end of 10 years they basically kill them and organ harvest yeah <laughs> i've i've heard that same thing as well um you know again quote unquote conspiracy theory of you know because there's a lot in that um organs selling organs oh, yeah. I mean, you get an insurance I mean, company to pay for, for how much a while yeah people waking up on ice with their kidneys gone yeah yeah they got roofied and all that you know and remember when that (laughs) first started coming out and then people said no that's just an urban legend it's kind of funny how the urban legend term isn't used anymore but they were all urban legends Mm -hmm. and now it's like coming more and more true and it's like you know a podcaster i listen to he's like the difference between conspiracy and and facts are about six weeks yeah yeah. You know, yeah. And, uh, or in the case of Rona, we're at like what, two years now where it's yeah. finally, finally, well, more like a year, year and a half mm-hmm. where everybody was kind of like, wait a minute, I was duped. You know, when Sound of Freedom came out and then you saw all the media jumping on, oh, it's a, it's the QAnon conspiracy. Mm-hmm. That's all they're doing is all that nonsense. And it's funny you bring that up. <coughs> I interrupted you. You can, finish. no, go ahead. Okay. Can we all, at least as we sit here, agree that no matter the the mainstream media outlet, okay, mainstream media, can we all agree at least that it's propaganda, no matter which side of the fence it's on, it's Whether propaganda. Whether it's CNN or Fox, Fox News. Can, can, oh, we, yeah. can we at least agree on that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. So if it's propaganda, the propaganda machine wants to protect what? The status quo or whatever it likes or whatever it's going right. on. So what I find interesting is, number one, if the propaganda machine tells me that Biden's the greatest thing since sliced bread, <laughs> and I know, and I, and, and he, he can't keep a sentence, he can't stand, he can't walk, he can't ride a bike. Um, it's been found that he's colluded and made money. He rode a bike and, for a little bit. And, <laughs> and, and, and we, and we can't figure out, and we can't figure out where the cocaine in the White House came from. Yeah. What is the propaganda machine doing? Well, it, you know, it's it's protecting him and protecting yeah. what what his values. But then again, if there's something that comes with Trump, 
Every single document, <clears throat> video, piece of paper, yeah. witness, everybody's there and available and ready, and they want to testify. So that tells me the propaganda machine doesn't like him. So right. that's the guy I want to vote yeah, for exactly. because he's the one that is pushing back against all yeah. of that, or they wouldn't be pushing so hard no. to not get him. If Trump was playing ball, everybody, they they would have built him up. Like, oh, yeah, he's doing a lot of good things, this and that. Yeah, because before he ran for president, that's the way it was. Yeah, you know, he exactly. was everybody's friends. I mean, he everybody loved Donald Trump. Yeah. You know, and he even received, I think, a an award from Jesse Jackson. Yep, yep. And then as soon as he starts running for president, oh, he's the biggest racist I've ever seen. Yeah. You know, that's, that's and, Well, and the same thing, like, he, there was the, the Veterans Day parade in New York was defunded. Like, they were they didn't have any money. And he, he, he funded it. And then he went around to all of his other business colleagues and said, not only will you, but you're gonna put money into this, which to all those guys, that was a tax write off. I mean, mm-hmm. that they were happy to do it. But at the end of the day, he could have been like, nah, fuck those guys and just moved on. Right. But he saved the Veterans Day parade there and it still continues to this day. I mean, the huge, huge parades to honor veterans as a result. Yet he's like the worst thing ever. Now, I, what I think is interesting is everybody expects the president. To align perfectly with their thoughts and what they think. Yeah. Okay. I don't like that he wanted bump stocks banned on guns, but I, but that's the whole reason for checks and balances. Yeah. There should have been a Supreme Court case and there is that's saying, Hey, that wasn't constitutional and kick it out, you know? So I can't expect him to align in every single way that I do. And everybody wants that. Like they find that like one thing and they're like, Oh, oh, never mind. Don't like him anymore. I don't like that guy. I hate him. But I'm like, what about the 99 things that he did well? You're gonna- I mean, he was more Democrat, like, before he ran for president, wasn't yeah. he? Wasn't he registered he, Democrat? I believe he was a Democrat, and as soon as he saw that Hillary Clinton was running, he knew that that was, she was going to be the one. Mm-hmm. There was no guessing there. Yeah. That was just all a game. She was going to be the nominee, so he, that's when he ran. Republican. Republican. Yeah. Because he knew he, he would actually have a chance. To beat a lot of those guys, and so and at that time, you know, he here you have a Democrat jumping over to the Republican side, and they're probably like, "Oh, he's gonna play ball with us." Yeah. So let's let's let him get up there. <laughs> let's see what he can do. You know. Um. So also speaking of the propaganda machine, do y'all remember what Al Gore said about climate change? Or excuse me, at that time it was global warming. Do you remember what he initially said about the polarized caps? When when did he say that? This, this was like early 2000s, like super early Didn't 2000s. Didn't he say that New York would be underwater? Yeah. yeah, and like the polar ice caps would be gone by like 2008 yep. and all this other kind of stuff, right? Right. And here we are. I think last year there was actually growth at the ice caps. Last year. I think so, some, yeah. Sometime recently there's been well, ice growth down there. And especially Ant- Antarctica mm-hmm. is growing significantly. Arc- the Arctic is... It ebbs and flows, um, mm-hmm. which is normal. Um, if you look at historical data, you know, the ice, the ice melting and then it grows and then it melts and then it grows. And, um, but that, that leads me to one of the videos that I wanted to play here. Um, because we have now gone, I remember, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast recently, but I've been talking a lot about how the verbiage and the words, and I'm getting ready to also oh, yeah. talk about images. The picture I sent you guys <laughs> are so important. You hear people in Congress calling our 
our nation a democracy. It is not a democracy. It's a republic. It's a republic, mm-hmm. a constitutional republic. Because like I've illustrated before, if it truly was a democracy, this room was a democracy, and you liked Nate's phone, and you wanted Nate's phone, all you'd have to do is get me on board to vote. And now that now two-thirds of the people say that's Ted's phone. That's how a true democracy works. <laughs> <laughs> you now have a new phone. Yep. So whereas Thanks, a con- <laughs> whereas a constitutional republic protects against that kind of thing. So this this verbiage and this wording is important. And I think it's interesting how we've shifted from global warming to now climate change. Yeah. And how we have to protect the environment through EVs and all that. And, and we can get into that. But here's this video it's right the here. freaking cow farts, man. Ruining the... Yeah. No, there's way more people. It's the people farts. Yeah. For the news. sure. Yeah. Climate change is destroying your future. Carbon dioxide is accumulating in the atmosphere. Global warming is killing the Great Barrier Reef. But there's more to this story. Over the last decade, total global emissions declined. Deaths from natural disasters have diminished to a few hundred a year in the United States, even as the global population quadrupled over the last century, they've declined internationally by over 90%. The Great Barrier Reef recorded the highest amount of coral in 36 years, and maybe longer because that's the amount of time that we've been studying and measuring how come nobody is saying that? You know, and I think it's interesting because you have all these ways that you can quote unquote offset your carbon in- footprint. You know, like you can buy these things that offset your carbon footprint. And I'm like, where's that money going? What's it doing? I mean, they're going to tell you, oh, we're planting trees and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But like, where is it? No, does anybody really follow that money trail? I don't think so. It's another way to control and get rich. And, because of the, all these playing peop- on people's emotions. Yeah. All these people that are virtue signaling. It's like Andy Frisilla talks about the people that were, were virtue signaling about abortion. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're pro life and you're not uh, adopting kids or you better be a fucking foster family or, or fostering kids or donating to, um, you know, orphanages or whatever or being a part of that, you're virtue signaling. And if you're pro, if you're pro choice and you're not practicing responsible sex and all this other kind of stuff, your virtue signaling. And so I think it's important here that all these people that are complaining about climate change and all this other kind of stuff, why aren't they protesting in Beijing? Why aren't they protesting in Moscow? Because they're cowards and they're virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. Those are the places that are truly polluting. We could could eliminate every single emission as a country, all of it. And it would make a difference because China and all them are pumping out so much. Mm-hmm, now, this yeah. isn't me saying, oh, well, F, F emissions. We shouldn't do anything about it. Screw our, screw our world. That's not what I'm saying. But like punish, continuing to punish me, the farmers and the, yeah, yeah, the small, I mean, go back to agriculture and the cow farts. It's like, is that really that like they target that and it's China and it's the people? It's, I don't know. It's, it's just mind-boggling to have, me. Have you it seen Mel- Melissa posting lately um, on her story? So there was the video of them pulling down the reflectors oh. on the bridge, and people are lighting up her comment section about farmers and f the farmers and they're rich people and and and, and laws against it and blah. And I'm just like, what? 
Like, holy, holy cow. cow. They are getting destroyed right now. But, well, not really. They don't care. It's, it's laughable to them. It's like, those people don't matter. But. Why are they attacking them? So, she posted a reel and, um, it was them during harvest. Mm-hmm. And if you go over bridges, you know, a lot of times they have those reflecting signs. Well, those reflecting signs a lot of times have breakovers in them. Oh, yeah. And they yeah, were yeah. breaking them over so they could drive their combine across okay. with the header on. Yeah. People are like, fuck you farmers. Take your headers off. Be safe. They're like, you guys are breaking the law. I'd park my car in the middle of that bridge and not let you pass. Like, just lighten them up for oh, no wow. reason at all. It's ridiculous. And I mean, it's like, People are virtue signaling and even that. It's like mm-hmm. just attacking the farmers and like you didn't have that farmer. I don't want to see you going to the grocery store. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. This. Yeah. I don't <laughs> even know. It makes you speechless. You, I mean, it, it, it it's is. ridiculous. And it's like the like small town Kansas and the Midwest. It's like we're being attacked for being. Like, because our carbon footprint's too big, you know, yeah. it's like trucking has become more difficult. Farming is becoming more difficult. Like everything that is industry for us in the Midwest is becoming more difficult because of the emissions that are being set on us. And the major emissions are like Nick said, big cities like <coughs> China or like Beijing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Beijing, Moscow, I mean, Russia as a whole, I mean, India, California, I mean, it's bad. Yeah. Well, um, but that's just the, the thing that's rough is, is that everybody's being tacitly forced into those things. Like for instance, Gavin, is it Gavin Newsom yeah. in California? Mm-hmm. Tacitly pushed a bunch of that like, um, emission stuff like down everybody's throats because all that stuff that was coming into the port of Los Angeles, he said, if you're a trucker wanting to come pick up stuff in the port of Los Angeles, your Los Angeles, your truck has to meet all of these emission standards, which was pretty much 90% of the trucks didn't fit that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is also what put the whole supply chain behind because port of Los Angeles is freaking huge. And so that's their way of like tacitly pushing these things. They don't need to make an adjustment through legislature or through anything. It's the stroke of a pen. And if you want to do what I want, then here you go. You got, you got to meet these standards. But if you vilify far- farmers, then you can get public opinion on your side and then you can control the means of production, yeah. you know, because I mean, look at how much land Bill Gates has bought up and owns. It's insane. Yeah. I mean, it is swaths of states. <laughs> well, and he, have you seen the deal where he's wanting to dim the sun? Uh, I'd heard some stuff about that, but I haven't heard uh, elaborate more. Well, I, I couldn't go into detail about it because it's, it's basically he wants to keep spraying stuff in the air like they're not already with airplanes, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the chemtrails and all that. I don't know whether you believe in that or not, but. You know, when you see there's not a cloud in the sky and all of a sudden you see air traffic go by and all of a sudden the whole sky is just basically clouded with these really thin clouds. Mm -hmm. It's like, what in the world is going on? But he wants to dim the sun because he thinks that the earth is getting too warm. The temperatures are too hot. I, I don't know. I just here's the thing that I struggle with is 
the news cycle and the media that we consumed used to be we reported the facts you based and then you based your opinions on those facts. Now it's we're reporting all of our opinions on these things and you have to decipher what's fact. It's like what the fuck do you believe anymore? Yeah. Like how, and how that's do you exactly come where to they conclusion? want us. That's exactly where they want us. Yeah. They don't want us united. They don't want a consensus. They don't want us informed. They don't want us to know and understand. I mean, look at how many laws and things they've gotten on the books recently or things that they've done. It's like, oh, look over here. Oh, Hunter Biden's laptop is uh, being talked about in Congress yeah. right now. Hey, guys, there's this sub that had six billionaires on it that crashed. Let's talk about them for three days in the news cycle yeah. when we knew they were gone, when they were dead from day one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that's the stuff that continually happens. That cracks me up when I hear people say, oh, my gosh, they're talking about Hunter Biden. He doesn't have anything to do with anything. Yeah. You know, and all this. And you know damn well if that was Don Jr. or Eric Trump, oh, that would be crucified. plastered everywhere. And they'd be talking about it 24-7. And, like, they would tore the White House apart, oh, figuring yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't tell me they can't figure That That is the most secure building Probably in the world. And mm-hmm. you're telling me there's not, that it's, there's, it's too busy. We can't figure it out. That's well, what their story is. That's yeah. their narrative. It's like, it's too busy. We can't figure out who put it there. Well, the, this, there's a, a former Secret Service agent guy on a podcast that said, like, he, he didn't have any inside info, but he did say, I'll tell you this. The only people that don't have to go through security screening to get into the White House are family members. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so I'm what's sure, that tell you i'm sure they've got drug dogs like right there at oh the, yeah you know they do and that's drug and bomb and you, you name it it's there that's yeah. what drives me crazy about the whole switching topics a little bit the j6 deal you know damn well they could have locked that whole area down those people wouldn't have gone in a, they wouldn't have gotten within a mile of the capital plus a former well he's deceased now but a guy that had knew a lot about that building, said that those windows are RPG-proof. So how does a guy walk up there and hit it with a hammer and break it out and climb through the window? I mean, that whole thing's bullshit, you know? But you know, You're I th- telling me that our whole government is in that building and we're just going to let them storm the Capitol? Basically unarmed. You know, like, they got in there I mean, basically unarmed with just their hands. Yeah, exactly. So, the whole thing, if you just stop and just, doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, and just think common sense-wise, if they really wanted to keep those people out, they sure could have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Um, What their motivation, whoever they're behind, doesn't matter. If that's your job to protect our government and that building, those people shouldn't even... They shouldn't they, have made it on the ne- grass. There's no way they never would have even gotten close. Yeah. Well, but that that's just the thing is, is that that wasn't it at all. Um, that was the narrative that was being spun. Yeah. I mean, they were basically oh, yeah. saying this is the... This is a greater event than, you know, 9-11. Yeah. When, when the video shows... When the video shows Capitol Police escorting the guy around and... The, the QAnon shaman guy that they said was QAnon shaman. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's standing up there in the house up on the stage or whatever, and he's actually saying a prayer like, Hey, Lord, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for the Capitol Police for being so nice and like showing us around. 
and like all that other kind of stuff. I mean, it just, it's, it's just when the, you can see it right there with your own eyes, which we now have to start being careful of because AI and the video and AI is making it to where you can't tell the difference. Yeah. And so there you go. You have another layer of, that's what you're going to see in the, in the news media next. Mark my day, mark my words right here. The, this day of our Lord, July 16th, 2023 at 727 PM is well, you know, that, that video was an AI video or, you know, th- that was never said. We didn't say that. That was AI. Right. You know, yeah. Then that's, that's where you're going to see it. next. And the opposite to push there. They're going to show somebody doing something or saying something that they never did. Yeah. Which is dangerous. It's scary. Very scary. Our technology has outpaced us and the, like our minds cannot keep up with the technology that we have, you know, like it is too much information all at once for our simple little human minds. Well, in the way that the media has brainwashed everybody, if you see that on the news, I mean, a lot of people are going to say, Take that for the the gospel. gospel. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's scary. It is really scary that you cannot just go to the news and get the news without opinions and. Well, but the thing is you can, but it's in the form of like podcasts with people like us. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying just us, but like other pot, like those are where the true conversations that we're supposed to be having. Like, have we likely said something in this podcast that is wholly inaccurate? Probably. But we're sitting here, we're having the conversations, and we're working the problem. And we're not allowed to do that in pretty much any other medium. I mean, if you're on social media posting that COVID vaccinations cause myocarditis, what happens? You're immediately silenced. Yeah. You don't even get the chance to have the discourse. For like, if, if you were uh, pro vax and I'm anti vax and, and I post that, and you were like, hey, check this out. Um, you know, I've got this doctor that's a friend and, you know, I was there and I helped him with a study and this isn't accurate. And we, we, we're, you're not even allowed to be able to have your mind changed, to right. be able to have a civil discourse. Um, and, and when you do post something that's against the, the rhetoric or the mainstream media is you, you have all of these people that supposedly come out of the woodwork. Well, the Twitter files have shown that those were like all bots. Mm-hmm. That were programmed to attack you and make you look bad. Yeah. Do you guys have Twitter? Um. Yeah, I don't ever use it though. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Know. That's another interesting thing to me. The whole Twitter debacle. Did you see that? Like, Elon is suing. Also, with this super fight between Elon Musk and Zuckerberg. That's a fucking just another distraction. Well, well did you see so that? Stupid. Like. Because Facebook and Instagram are meta, they release their mm-hmm. meta threads or whatever, and it's identical to Twitter. And so Elon is now suing them, like they've got a cease and desist or whatever, mm-hmm. against threads, because it's the same thing. Um, but to me, it's like, why are they, like, the left makes Elon and Twitter out to be, like, it's Trump social media now. You know, like right. you can't use Twitter because nothing on there is true, and but, but then they the go problem. and copy everything it. else is. Yeah, but then like because they know they know the power of that control mechanism. Yeah, and they want that power of that control mechanism back. Look at they, uh, Elon showed with the Twitter files that they influenced that our, our own government influenced 
an election yeah. using that platform. They understand the power of it. People have this in front of their face constantly mm-hmm. swiping. They know the power of it. And that's another thing. What was the, when, when the Supreme Court judge ruled that no, you can't do that government. You can't influence people's free speech. I mean, frickin' it's the, literally the first amendment that the, the founding fathers wrote. What was, the, what was the first thing the Biden administration did? They appealed the decision. They appealed it. Yeah. Meaning, yes, I am. I am the government. Yes, I can. I can, and I can infringe on rights all I want. That is scary shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should it be is. talking about that more than anything else because right now, this conversation someday may be illegal. Oh, yeah. For sure. If we don't. I, mean, I think our government, and I'm not anti-American at all. I love America, but I think our government is probably the dirtiest corrupt thing on the, on the face of the earth. Yep. I would agree with that. I mean, I mean, you just look at You the, go to Venezuela and it's worse, but like as far as... Well, I don't know. I mean, because I, I believe that we probably control about every government in the world. You know, where Venezuela only controls Venezuela. Yeah. But I think we probably, and I'm not saying we control every government, but I bet we control a lot There's of quite it. a bit. Yeah. Well, you control a lot of it by money. Yeah. You control a lot of it by installation of, because whenever, whenever there is upheaval or unrest in a country, you know, they're, they're, we're probably influencing with CIA agents or whatever that are trying to help mm-hmm. put somebody into power that is America friendly, that you can help with, that can help. Whatever. I mean, just look at the Ukraine war. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much money have we sent there now? I mean, oh, enough. I, to, I got a good conspiracy there. Continue. Enough to build a hundred walls on our southern border. Well, yeah, <laughs> you know, in what I think, what have we sent? I don't know how much. I don't know. They had a rounding error that last, was six point four billion dollars. No, no, no. Last I heard, it was uh, eighty-seven billion. I, I think, think it's more than that. Like I said, I last, last I heard. I want to say it's over $3 billion, or $300 billion. I don't know. Hold on, hold on. Hey, Google, how much money has the United States sent the Ukraine? I mean, you know it's a lot when there's a rounding error. John Kennedy, since the war began more than a year ago, the United States has given Ukraine more than $113 billion in aid. I think it's even more than that. Yeah. But anyway... Uh, uh, this was as of June 2nd, 23, so... I just saw a deal where they are talking about We've sent them so many billion dollars. They said to end homelessness in America would cost $4 billion. Yeah. <laughs> but yet we're going to send it to Ukraine for it to all get blown up. And, and Well, and I don't even think a lot of it's probably going in hardware. I think it's probably funneling right back to Washington. Well, that's just what, what has been shown through the um, – you're big on crypto. What was the name of that crypto? That they were basically funneling the money to that crypto company through the uh, Ukraine. That's FTX. Yeah, FTX. Yeah. They, and then, uh, by the way, that, that, that whole... guy's magically dead. By the way, didn't didn't the, the FTX guy magically just disappeared? <laughs> oh, I, didn't I think know it was that. a a helicopter crash or something like that. If I remember, I can't. Remember. I think. I think what you're t- yeah. There was another guy that was involved in that. That uh, I think he was killed. Yeah. Uh, but the guy, what the heck was his name? Sam Bankman Freed. Yeah, yeah. He actually, I, I guess he's he's, he's arrested in the Bahamas. Yeah, house arrested in the Bahamas. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's that's just the thing too. Is is um uh going back to Russia because there's so many like rabbit holes I want to go down here. Um, and by the way, I got somebody to pick up Eli. That's why I was texting. So oh, we're okay. we're good. Okay. Um, 
And I'm going to be here till midnight. Uh, <laughs> everybody's going to be like, wait, I broke that podcast up into five listening sessions of one hour each. Part two. Um, but, but, uh, that was another conspiracy theory too of, you know, Russia wanted to get a leg up. So he's actually in cahoots with the Ukrainian guy, um, uh, whatever that guy's name is. Zelensky. Zelensky. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And they're getting all this money from America. And then once they just absolutely get as much as they possibly can, and then they go in together and they've got all this equipment and money and funding and have now made themselves more powerful and put themselves in a better position. And they use it against us and our allies. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, look at the BRICS nations that have popped up, you know, um, <clears throat> from this war, you know, and, the, and what is it? Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Brazil, China. Is China part of the BRICS? I don't know. I, I don't even know what the BRICS is. Sorry. Well, they're all basically banding together, and they're not. They're not going to use the dollar. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Basically, yeah. not going to trade with the U.S. They're going to trade between each other. And like Saudi Arabia, like, totally cut out the dollar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and OPEC changed the um, the currency that they use for oil. Yeah, it used to From be the, the they called dollar. it the petrodollar. Yeah, was you know the petroleum dollar, the petrodollar. Yeah, it was the dollar backed by yeah. oil, basically. Right. But now, um, I don't know what currency they're using, but I know Russia is the wealthiest they've ever been in history right now. So our sanctions and everything have backfired on us. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think that. Well, they're not going to back the dollar because it's not going to exist soon because it's going to be that central bank digital currency shit. Mm-hmm. Which, if you think about it, if I take the $20 bill that I have in my back pocket right now and I give it to Nate and then Nate, like, for, for you know, he built me a kitchen for $20 because he's a badass like that. <laughs> uh, and then Nate goes to your car wash, Ted, and he spends $20, like, right? Like, $20 went to him, $20 went to him, right? Well, what happens when you take your debit card and I pay Nate with my debit card? So $19.80 went to Nate and 1.5% went to the bank. But then Nate takes that same $19.80 and pays you at your car wash. And now $19.70 went to you, 1.5% went to the bank. And that's just happening repetitiously. All this money going to these banks and the central de- and further enriching rich people. When that's we why, swipe that's our why credit card, when people swipe a credit card here at <coughs> High Point Farms, it goes to three separate fucking banks before we get our money. Really? Yeah. It's like, uh, Clover gets a cut. Um, um, Square gets a cut. And then there's one other pinwheel. Like there's three separate, like I had to go through all three of these because, it's cannabis and it's federally illegal. And, but it went through three different deals before we get our cut. So there's, I think there's like almost 7% that comes out for those fees. So on that, every transaction that right there explains to you one of the many reasons they want central bank digital currency, because now I can get my cuts off of everything and further enrich myself because yeah. the central bank is a finite or is a private entity. That's a hard number to track too. For us, like to figure out exactly yeah. <laughs> how much we're missing. If I ever saw that number, I'd probably get sick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just it, that it it'd would... be enough to end like probably world hunger kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. if you truly put it into those terms, not the, not the fees that we're making at High Point Farms. But <laughs> 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 Definitely not. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought you meant like as a nation, all the debit transactions. Well, I was just, I was just talking about that, 
Yes, that too. My but bad. I'm talking about I, I, for our personal business. Oh, in that case, my bad. Sorry you know, like <laughs> you, you could have built say, several more hoop houses. How about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, that number would make me sick. I misinterpreted there. I apologize. Um, but you know, that's another thing too. Is we talked about central bank digital currency a little bit on the you and I did a podcast of like it's just to me it's just like electric vehicles. It's it's all about control. It's all about tracking. It's all about knowing what you're doing. They can shut you off anytime they want. They can shut you off anytime they want. They had a, they actually had, and if you think this is a conspiracy theory, it's not because there was a young lady that was in Australia that was very vocal and outspoken and had a significant social media presence and everything against the COVID vaccination. Her bank stopped her money. Oh yeah. Because, you know, essentially, you know, she was against what the government wanted. So that, that government shut her accounts down. And eventually she finally got access to it. But, um, you know, when you're talking about like, you're also talking about encrypted blockchains. Central bank digital currency will be on an encrypted blockchain. So your government and the people in power are going to be able to move money around in absolutely untraceable ways. Mm-hmm. Because in my in my world of law enforcement, we have to follow the dollar. Okay. Now, if I'm getting John Q. bad guy that just sold uh, a pound of meth to, to Nate and he paid with a central bank digital currency, that's easy for me to get access to. Like, right, I, I've tracked the transaction, whatever. Um, so, And then I can follow that money. But if you want stuff to, to disappear on an encrypted blockchain, not hard to do. Yeah. Well, it's going to make it easy for them to track the everyday people, but we aren't going to be able to track them. Yes. Yes, which is the exact opposite of what yeah. it should be, the exact opposite. And uh, you know, it, it. I just don't. And, and you know, same thing with like the EVs. Number one, they aren't as clean because if you saw the strip mining and everything that goes into that. And I was watching one where this guy was covered in uh, graphite, like his entire body was silver. Like he looked like you know when you take your pen or pencil mm-hmm. and you would shade with your finger when you're in art class. His thing, the way your finger looks, his body was that way. You can't tell me that's healthy. No. And we're exploiting people like that to make our electric, quote unquote, clean vehicles. Yeah. But let's just say when, not if, but when the next Rona comes around, because now they're starting to talk about malaria and genetically altered mosquitoes and stuff. That's Speaking why of, I should get mosquito traps. Yes. Um, don't, don't worry. I was going <laughs> to go. me. I was going to go there at the end of the podcast. I promise. <laughs> um, and when the next COVID happens, people, because it's going to happen, it will. But except this time, it'll be different. Andy Frasilla says it best. This time, it will actually kill people and likely your children in order to get you to comply. And if you choose not to comply, then uh, we're going to shut your bank account off. We're going to shut your EV off. And if, uh, if, if, for instance, we don't want you traveling that day because it'll save this guy that's a multi-billionaire a couple of dollars and he can make more money by you not traveling, your whole COVID uh, card that people had on their phones, like in Australia and stuff, mm-hmm. like you had to scan to go places, oh, well, that's not working. The servers are down today. Or we're not going to allow you to have one. Or right. there's too many people in the city. Like the social credit score. Yeah, which yeah. I think is interesting. You know, we couldn't go outside and and get sun and all these things that are good for us. When there was a respiratory, we had to stay yeah. inside and keep masks on. And 
and we all had to funnel to the same grocery stores. There were only certain ones that were open, the big box stores, the big yeah. people like Walmart. So you're funneling all these people with respiratory viruses into the same buildings. Hmm. What happens then? Yeah. Oh, they get, there's a higher propensity for them to get sick. And if there's a higher <laughs> propensity for them to get sick, more people die. We can sell more vaccines. We make more money. Yeah. Sounds like a good plan to me. <laughs> I just, I, and there's still people out there that are just like, no, 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 that didn't happen. That's not the way it is. You know, and, oh, no. And like, what was the name of that, 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 that muscle guy, that, that, that bodybuilder that he could like make all of his pec muscles move? Mm-hmm. Um, that just died from a blood clot. Oh. Um, he talked about, I mean, this. Oh, yeah. He's, and he's not a very old guy. No. He was like, like 30s. in his 30s, incredibly physically fit. I mean, if you can move your individual pec muscles and make it look like a ripple effect, you, you're, you're strong. <laughs> you, <laughs> you, you have muscle control. And, um, he talked on a podcast about how he went to his doctor because he says, I get blood work done all the time, all the time. And the doctor was seeing little like it, inconsistencies in his blood where they were like clotting after mm-hmm. he got the vaccine. And after he, I think he got the initial vaccine, but maybe not the boosters, if I remember. But he predicted his own death and died in his girlfriend's arms from a blood clot. Uh, great. Joe Linder. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, he was 30. You know, those things like, it, that's why just when that stuff got pushed out, I was, I was skeptical and I was hesitant, you know, like yeah. the polio vaccine makes sense to me. I mean, like as far as if I had to choose between cancer later in life from a vaccine or getting polio and living in an iron lung, I'm probably going to choose the polio vaccine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I am saying polio, right? Is that the iron lung one? Thanks. Polio. I don't know. If but it was, anyway, it anyway, basically crippled you. Yeah. That, that, that makes sense to me, you know, but, they uh there was another one I was watching when they study the Amish population. They don't have cancer the same way we do. No. They don't have autism the same way. Almost non existent autism. Yeah. Um and they don't live off the GMO foods, you know, uh, and things like that. And so I just I, I it just makes because me raise an eyebrow. Food. Yeah, it just makes me raise an eyebrow to some of this stuff. Like I get the idea of having a roundup ready corn that you can readily spray for weeds and it doesn't die and you can feed more people. Like I'm not villainizing farmers. That's not what I'm doing here at all. Cause ultimately the farmers aren't the ones that, well, made the I GMO. almost, I almost feel like that's another area where technology is outgrown where we need to be. Yeah. Um, because I mean, they tried to make it to where one farmer can farm 2000 acres, you know, and they push the little guys out and this and that. And it's like when you have a small, like, regenerative sustainable farm you know it takes a lot of hands and a lot of labor and labor is expensive mm-hmm. um so it makes sense why they try to push that technology but maybe it's better to have that regenerative and grow it that way than it is to be ten thousand acres with four four people that are farming it and i don't know i mean it's the death of the small farm is it's over i mean like small farmers aren't a thing anymore there's not guys that are i mean even vegetable farmers are I think they're starting to make a comeback and it's kind of cool. Like some of the stuff they're doing in big cities and like, um, like the farmer's market. Well, Wichita. that, but like even in some like old abandoned buildings in like Dallas and stuff, they'll do, um, like the basically group, gardens. And yes. Stuff. The rooftop. Yeah. But it's not just for them. They're doing that for the whole community, mm-hmm. you know, and then they take that at the farmer's market and that kind of stuff I think needs to make a comeback even more. 
And then when you have that more localized, and um, you won't have the supply chain issues because yeah. you don't have to get it from the port of LA. Exactly. You know? But that's like another, you know, quote unquote theory is there's a lot of to that control where they're making those high rise buildings like that that have the grocery store and the food and the the shopping and the haircut and all that in the building. So you don't you don't have to leave. The so 15 minute cities. Yeah. So yeah. if you so if uh, so, excuse me, when the next covid happens and you're like, hey, I need to go get groceries. No, you don't. It's right there. Stay. It's right there in the building you're in. You know, well, I no, need, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, well, well, no, no, no. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm. Please understand. I'm not villainizing what you're talking about. I'm moving on to another okay. you know, topic of you keyed that thing in my mind about those like little cities within buildings mm-hmm. of, as another control mechanism. Um, got to keep it doom and gloom. We're not going to talk about your happy good shit, okay? <laughs> Someone's got to. Someone's got to keep some positivity around <laughs> <Yeah>. right here. <laughs> but hey, so you said. That we got it all wrong, or I got it all wrong, I think, when we were talking about the uh, the Bin Laden raid and some of uh, some of the gentlemen that lived around the corner from me, whatever you're comfortable talking about there. So, I, I we need to put our tinfoil hats on first. I don't know what, what I can say. Um, Dude, the CIA is already waiting at the back door no, for us. No, Just go I ahead know, and push it over the edge. No, um, I'm just kidding. So, okay, basically, if you want to go take it all the way back to 9-11, you could even go back to Oklahoma City. Uh, And if you really do some research on it, you'll figure out that that was not... Was that 98? Oklahoma City? No, I think it was before then. I think, I want to say 93, 92, maybe. When did the Oklahoma City bombing occur? Oklahoma City bombing start date is April 19th, 1995. Oh, 95. Okay. Oh, we're, we're, we're in the middle. The difference, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I think uh, if you do a lot of research on that, um, that's a whole different deal. I think from everything that I've listened to and read about that that was actually supposed to be the 9-11. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't big enough. That whole building was wired with explosives. I know they said it was a fertilizer bomb in the truck outside, but ironically, none of the cars were damaged out in the parking lot. So how is that possible? So you're saying that was kind of like the dry run? Yeah. No, no. It was was supposed to blow up the whole entire building. But we learned from that made it better. Half of the explosives went off because if you if you read about it and you look at it, that whole building was like cut in half. Yeah, I saw that. And um. They, you know, bomb ex- explosive um, experts and that have talked about if that was in that truck, then the whole, every car in that parking lot would have been destroyed. Yeah. You know, for, you know, a lot of things would have been destroyed. The cars weren't, I mean, yeah, their windows were shattered and all that, but not like. Well, they if, should have been if, rolled over yes, and on fire. Exactly. And, you know, right. Yeah. Um. And for the building to be cut in half like that, they said that's not even possible for a truck bomb like that to just cut the building almost perfectly in half. It was because um, they said the building was wired with explosives and only half of them went off. Just like the controlled demolition that you would do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So anyway, and there are several reports about people that worked in that building saying that there were phone company people in and out of there constantly rewiring stuff that nobody knew why exactly why they were there or what they were doing. When and, you can see some of that same thing in the World Trade Center, like the loose change videos and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how does a building like that fall at pre-fall speeds? You know, when they're they're designed to have load floors, so if one collapses, it, it can hold it. So how does it keep going and going and going? I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but a lot of, if you, if you research that heavily, it's more likely that building part of it would have fallen like that instead yeah. of just straight down. Yeah, that's kind of what, that's where my mind's eye goes, is typically you're going to have, because when you run a plane into a building, that's, that's an imperfect, like, explosion or whatever. Mm -hmm. Whereas a controlled explosion brings it down like it's supposed to, but now you're going to have load shifting. So you're going to have part of the building that's got more weight on it. So then it's going right. to do the, and it's going to bend or what, you know, it's not going to fall, you know? Right. Well, and, and even with the plane, how do, how does aluminum wings slice right through concrete and still and make a perfect plane imprint? <laughs> you know? I don't think if that was really a plane that it would have done that. And I know it sounds crazy what I'm saying, but if you really go back and do a lot of research, you'll well, realize which what Which Ted happened. has done a lot of research. I, I have. Well, I've, I've probably watched probably over 200 videos about it. I've read well over 100 articles about it. Uh, the people that were experts like architects, I'm not just talking about Joe Blow on the street that's giving you his opinion. These are <laughs> architects, they're airline pilots, they're former military people, explosive experts, all this stuff. And I just wish more people would wake up and, and really dive into that because once you understand what happened in 9-11, all this stuff that's going on right now. It makes sense. It really does. I mean, it was like the catalyst to help with things like the Patriot Act oh. to be able to do the things. But So why did we pick Iraq? The oil? Because Al-Qaeda and Iraq both had a Q in their name, so they were linked. Yeah. You know, we're going after Osama bin Laden that was supposedly in Af Afghanistan. So I guess we hit Iraq and take out Saddam Hussein. Dick Cheney ends up owning the Gulan Heights oil fields in Iraq. How does our vice president do that? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, well, that's that's no how big. How's that possible? Well, maybe that's why Biden thought the five million dollar deal with China was no big deal. I mean, yeah. Dick Cheney got an oil field. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's small potatoes. Five yeah. million dollars. That's like that's like parking meter change. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can go look all that stuff up. Um, and once you get into that, you'll find out that Osama bin Laden. And you might, you could probably still find this on your phone. His name is Tim Osman, and he's a CIA asset. The real Osama bin Laden died in like a German hospital. Yeah, like I heard he had like, years kid, he had like kidney, kidney issues. Failure, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, he made me think of something else. I can't remember, but if we, if we go back, if, you know, if you're listening to this and you're thinking like, oh no, our government wouldn't do that thing. Go back and look at the Bay of Pigs during John F. Kennedy yeah. and see what your government was willing to do in order to start a war in order to further what it wanted to get done. That was the whole idea yeah. behind the Bay of Pigs was to start a war to either oust um, uh, Fidel Castro or 
to be able to start a war that they could legitimately get the public behind and get into and 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 Pearl not Harbor. have and not have the the world yeah have uh have the world i mean same thing pearl harbor they were, the jap J- japan warned them many times that we're coming like that was their culture like they hey we're coming <laughs> we're going to bomb the shit out of you and it just didn't make it through the chains of command or whatever this is interesting too cuz i i did some research on this too but i know this is kind of off the subject but you said pearl harbor and it made me think about when we dropped the bombs on uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, look up what Ground Zero was. Those were the only two Catholic churches in Japan. Whoa. Ground Zero. And the Japanese had already signed the surrender agreement like a few days before, and we still bombed them. <laughs> Not that that's funny, but that's just... Huh. It's ironically funny. There's a lot of going on I mean, there. Yeah. So, so illustrate the Catholic Church portion there a little more for me. Why is that significantly important? Well, because I, I think that they did not want Catholicism spreading in Asia, especially Who? Japan. Who? Oh, okay. I think this new world order. Got it. Um, because they want one religion, one currency, one government. Well, that religion <laughs> is going to be. Most likely a sat- a satanic religion. Um, well, you're seeing it in all of your media and, and music. Yeah, and, you're seeing it everywhere. And they're not even hiding it's it. It's right anymore. in your face. They not don't. Yeah, they it. don't even hide it anymore. Um, so anyway, I d- I don't think. Well, I mean, I'll just say they don't. They didn't want Catholicism to spread. So they pretty much ended it right there. Which it still has spread in Japan, but yeah. at that time, well, the same thing with China. China doesn't want Christianity to. Yeah. You can't even have a Bible in China. Um, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before. This will probably be a review for you, but there was a video on a guy that he was going to China again at his own risk to on a, to be a missionary, and he was visiting people that were in prison for being Christians, and they would. Uh, have people bring in pieces of paper with scripture on them, and then they would commit commit that scripture to memory, and then eat the piece of paper so that they wouldn't be tortured or killed or hurt or whatever or further punished. And th- he said that this lady said to him, "I hope that someday in China we can be like you Americans when it comes to Christianity." And he goes, "I hope that you never become <laughs> like America and Christianity." He goes. We have people that can openly worship, go to church every Sunday, Wednesday, whatever, whenever they want. And he's like, and they don't go. They can easily follow those teachings and they don't do it. Mm -hmm. He goes, you are literally sitting in a prison eating the scripture after you read it because you're literally, you know, starving for the word. And you're believing at your own peril and risk. You are oppressed. We are not. Well. Yet. Since you say that, Father Michael did a homily maybe two months ago, maybe longer. Um, and it was basically about this family from China. And they, the husband got his family to America, and he was still in China. So he was, he was a Christian. Actually, he was a Catholic. And he was going to, like, underground mass. Um, and, you know... They all knew if they got caught, they would be killed. 
So he did this. He risked his life over and over and over. And then uh, he was able to come to America. Like the first, I think he said the first year or two, went to Mass every day, was loving it. And then over time, it just became more about work, um, making money, you know, doing everything else, going out to eat, all that. And before long, he wasn't even going to Mass anymore. And I think he had said at one time that at the, I think before he died, that he had wished he'd never left China because there he had his faith, even though he was basically risking his life to do it. Yeah. Um, have you watched, have you watched, uh, Jesus Revolution or The Chosen yet? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, they're pretty phenomenal if you get a chance to watch those as well. Um, I know that there's, Bill talked about the main character in that, um, not necessarily being the most reputable man, but again, nobody's perfect. No. But, um, those are really phenomenal. And like the, the chosen is just, it's really great. Um, and it is walking through, you know, Christ's life, obviously, but there's a lot of like filler content that like, cause obviously the, the, the scriptures don't paint, you know, gospels and the scripture does not paint like a day by day, minute by minute account. Right. So they're filling in a lot of the gaps there. Um, but it's just like really great and fun, fun. And then, but there's a part where Nicodemus and Jesus meet and like talk and like have this meeting and like Nicodemus is like, on his knees as the highest Pharisee of Pharisees, like you are the child of God and Jesus invites him to come with him. And he ends up obviously not, you know, and everything like that, but it's just like so powerful. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you want some really quality stuff, like the chosen and Jesus revolution was pretty good too. Um, but just to see the, it's, it's interesting because the church today is struggling the, the same way the church back then did. I mean, we're, we're still, they, they did, human rituals and sex with kids and, you know, things like that. I mean, uh, it's not much has changed, it seems. Um, and we just need to do better. Oh, I think yeah. that a lot of people have come to Christ and a lot of people's lives and, and, and souls have been saved, but we live in a broken world. Satan is still ever present, prowling, prowling like a roaring lion. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of religions have been basically subverted by Satanism. Watered um, down. Yeah. You know, even even the Catholic religion, um, you look before Vatican II, when we took communion, you were kneeling and you took the Eucharist on your tongue. Now, it's like you walk up there and you, you can still kneel and take it on your tongue or you can take it in your hands. And there was Father Alar, Father Chris Alar does a podcast and um, his shows are really good, but he talks a lot about Vatican II, how... People were infiltrating the church, and they made this Vatican II up to be to where Catholics would not take the Eucharist on the tongue, but they'd take it in the hands. Because we believe that the Eucharist is actually the body right. and blood of Jesus. Right. Not not emblematical of. No. Is but the literal. The actual, yeah. Right. Yep, right. Yeah. And there's even Eucharistic miracles you can look up that are fascinating. To where, um, like, people have taken it before, and all of a sudden there's, like, blood in their mouth. And they've tested the, the tissue and the blood, and it's actually cardiac tissue. And the blood is AB, which means it's a universal receiver. 
I mean, it's it's just look up Eucharistic miracles, and it's pretty phenomenal. Well, I mean, I think it's also interesting for people to hear something like that and go, you know, yeah. I think it's easy to do that, but I've seen just just through prayer in small things, like what I would consider miracles, like. I wanted a friend's wife to be able to go to this Christian women's conference with my my wife. And her husband couldn't get off. They couldn't find people to watch the kids. I mean, they're like all these roadblocks. And I just prayed about it. And what happened was the sheriff's office switched his schedule to where it made that he had that weekend off. Like a, a solution that I would have never been able to influence to make happen, anything like that. So I think if you look for miracles, you can find them. And uh, to me, that was a small miracle. Like I, I had a oh, prayer yeah. and it was answered. And so if if you can, if he can change things like that, why can't he do that stuff? I mean, he, yeah. he literally snapped the world into existence. Mm-hmm. And so why can't he do something like that? If you want to hear about something really crazy, look up uh, St. Padre Pio and the miracles surrounding him. It's It'll blow your mind. And there was even some during World War II, and this is documented in a... Uh, so Padre Pio was in Italy, um, in right by where his monastery was at, there was like an, an ammo dump. And so the allies were going to bomb that ammo dump and it would have destroyed his monastery, all of this, but the Germans weren't there anymore. So, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but every time they ran their bombers to bomb it, they would see this flying monk telling them to turn around. And so when they tried to go forward, their planes weren't, wouldn't go forward anymore. They would automatically turn around and go. And so when they'd land, you know, their superior officers were like, what in the world is going on? And then even a general was, I mean, completely upset about this. So he said, okay, I'm going on a bombing run. Cause this is, yeah, this is nuts. So he went on the bombing run, and sure enough, he saw the same thing, turned around, came back, and he was just like, I don't know what, I don't, I can't even explain what happened. So anyway, the the war ended, so the general got this whole squadron together, because all of them were just mind blown. They didn't know what the, you know, what they were seeing, like, was this really what they were seeing? So they went back to the town. And went to the the Catholic Church there and found Father Padre Pio, which they didn't know who it was at then. But once they saw him, they knew that it was him. So, and he immediately looks at him. He goes, oh, so you guys were the ones that were trying to bomb my monastery. (laughs) And so they ended up all being good friends, all took pictures together. It's in books. Um, It's well documented. But this whole squadron saw it. Like, See, well, those like three stories. or four times. That it, That is fascinating yeah, stuff that we should be like, making movies yeah, on. Yeah, exactly. It's like, why isn't this stuff out everywhere? That is fascinating. I mean, yeah. It's Our Lady of Fatima, the same thing. I think over 70,000 people witnessed this, and it was in 1917 in Fatima, Portugal, where she, it was the Blessed Mother Mary. So when they say, I don't know how well you guys know, like if they say Our Lady of Guadalupe or Our Lady of Fatima or Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of whatever, that's the Blessed Virgin Mary. Okay. And so she has 
I believe it's 26 approved apparitions. What's the apparitions means people saw her. She came and talked to, um, and it's usually kids. Um, but anyway, and to be an approved apparition, it's not like three or four people said, oh yeah, I saw it. Okay. Yeah, it's approved. It like takes years and years of documentation and testimonies from people. And it goes through like all these different boards to say, okay, we believe this happened. Um, so anyway, but the, the really cool thing about Our Lady of Fatima, it was in 1917. So there was actually pictures taken of this and there were people from like the New York Times, all kinds of newspapers there that wrote stories about this. Um, but basically to make a long story short, she came to Fatima, talked to these three kids, very young kids, like they were seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there. Um, and told them they needed to pray the rosary every day and to stop offending God or else this war would keep going on and on and on and all these people would be killed. So they went back to town and I think they told their parents that they saw the Our Lady, Mary, and a couple of them believed him, but most of the town didn't, you know, and so... Um, the Blessed Mother appeared to him again, and they, she said, come back here to this hilltop, like, this day every month. So they started doing that, Well, all these people would go, because they, you know, they wanted to see for themselves. But none of them could see, none of them could see her, but they knew something was going on, because these kids were on their knees praying the rosary, and they'd stop and start talking to her. But they were the only ones that could speak to her or talk to her. And the little boy, I guess, was more sinful than the two little girls because he could only see her. He couldn't hear. So it kind of, I guess, the moral of the story was why they could see her and talk to her because they were pretty pure. You know, when you're yeah. talking eight, nine-year-old little girls. So anyway, um, so she told them, you know, this goes on and on, and they, they put these three kids in jail, basically, because the mayor of the town was very liberal, and he wanted, basically, the town to be very liberal. He did not want Catholicism in the town anymore. He wanted people to look at it as legends and um, be more open-minded. So... They put him in jail. Basically, they get back out. They go to the hill where they were supposed to meet Our Lady on that day. And they went and said, nobody's believing us. They want you to perform a miracle. And she said, okay, come back next month, same day, and I will perform a miracle. So this gets out around town. Over 70,000 people show up. And they're there. And all of a sudden, it starts pouring rain. And it's like raining so hard you can barely see. So then all of a sudden the clouds part, the rain stops, the sun comes out, and immediately everybody's dry and the ground's dry. And then she appears to the children and, and says that I'm going to make the sun dance across the sky. Then, like, and all these reporters showed up from America, like New York Times, all that, because they wanted to mock her and write all these stories about how this is just total nonsense and all this and that. 
So they had cameras and everything there, you know, the old cameras. But anyway, the sun, she made the sun start dancing across the sky and then started making it go in circles and turned it into like a prism where it was shooting all different colors all over the place. And then even made it go clear down almost to touch him and then back up into the sky. And like, after that happened, like there were so many people there that converted to Catholicism. But it's like, that story was like suppressed to where it really didn't get out. But it's like the most, I think the biggest apparition, Marian apparition, there was. And you said there was like 17,000 people. There was over 70,000. Or 70,000. Yeah. Like that witnessed this. That witnessed it. And they even wrote about it. And a lot of the, a lot of the atheist newspaper writers converted because they actually were there and saw it. There were a lot of that, a lot of those kind of things that happened even during, you know, Christ's ministry here on earth. And he even told, you know, because people think like, oh, well, what Mary did a miracle. Well, like he even told like John and the other disciples, like, I'm going to give you the power to do what right. I do. Like the yeah. literal power to I do what I do. I should say Mary, Mary made the, the sun dance. God through Mary right. made it dance. She was given the power right. to be able exactly. to do that. And yeah. that's, that's one thing I hear about from, from my friends that are not Catholic. They say, well, God doesn't need anybody to, to use them for an intercession. And I said, well, no, he doesn't. But he did use Mary to give birth to Jesus. You know? He could have he, just snapped that into yeah, existence, he too. he could have done that. I think he uses people every day. I seriously think that, that that further proves there is a God. Because if we just had this puppet master, he could just puppet us. Yeah. But I think he truly... It's, it's truly a father-son, father-daughter relationship in the sense of... Of let you make I your want, mistake. Yeah, I want to be. You learn from it. Yeah, and I. But also, I want to be friends with you. I think mm-hmm. he truly wants us to seek him and right. be part of him and work through us and bring him to other people through us. Well, it's kind of like you know, I think through free will, and it's kind of like you know, if you always had it good, how would you know when you had it bad? Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, if well, you he, didn't go through all these tough times and struggles, how would you know what goodness really was? Well, and not only that, but Christ promised us a place in heaven. He never promised us it was going to be easy. Right. You know, he, I mean, if you think things are supposed to be easy, look no further than Christ. He was crucified on a cross. Okay. (laughs) It certainly wasn't easy Yeah. in order to, Yeah. I mean, look no further than that. Yeah. And God could have stopped that at any time. Jesus could have. Hell, he called even, Saint he even, Michael and and brought down the whole army from heaven and wiped them out in a second. Well, right before right before he was crucified, he even prayed, basically, God, are you sure you want me to do this? Yeah. I really kind of don't want to do this. This is going to be painful, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. Next time you think you're having a bad day, think about, <laughs> think about that day. Right. Exactly. You know, like I'm just as bad as the next person. It's like I had a bad bad day. You know, you know? and when we carried uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. I wanted to ask you about that, too, uh, in the parade. Yes. Fourth of July parade in Sterling. Travis Surface Set made a great comment because it was heavy, you know, and it was hot. You guys were sweating. You could tell. And um, so we're about halfway through, and, and um, I heard somebody say, man, this is getting heavy. And uh, Travis goes, how heavy do you think that cross was? And just all of us were like. Wow. Well done, Travis. Yeah, exactly. 
Travis is the man. But uh, it just put it in total perspective. It's like, man, this is nothing compared to what he did. Also, uh, if you think you're having a bad day, do you know what? Do you know what David? One of the things David had to do to earn uh, King Herod, maybe King Herod's daughter's hand in marriage. He he. The the king was trying to give him his daughter for marriage as a control technique to be able to get close to him and kill him because he'd been anointed as king. Uh, of of that mm-hmm. um, and I, I, maybe it wasn't King Herod but anyway uh, uh, maybe it was King Saul but whatever whatever king it was at the time um, and he he was like hey I'm going to give you my daughter and he goes but who am I to receive such an honor from the king you know just being humble being a humble man that's just who David was mm-hmm. um, and David was far from perfect we all know this if you've read uh, the gospels but he was like, I'm not worthy. I'm not taking it, which was another way of like getting in the way of the king's plans to try to kill him. You know, God has a plan and he just made, he just made David humble. He didn't give him any special knowledge or anything. He just made him humble. So he goes, well, he goes, basically it ended up, he's like, well, what can I do to earn your daughter's hand in marriage? And he gave him like an impossible task of making Jews of the dead. And then, um, the other one was bringing him like the foreskins of like 200 people or something like 200 people that he attacked or whatever. Could you imagine showing up being like, all right, King, I'm only going to count this once one foreskin, two foreskin, three foreskin. Like you think you had a bad day. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not counting this twice. Keep track. <laughs> well, I'm thinking more about the guy that he took the foreskin from. That's a bad day. <laughs> yeah. That's the one that had the really bad day. So, you know, uh, I think that's just a, a great kind of way to bring it all together. Um, you've heard me say many times the, the Bible and our scriptures are the rule and guide of faith and for our life. And if you think you're having a bad day, go there, look, read. If you're having a great day, go there, look, read. If you're missing something in your life, go there, look, read. Um, anything that you, anything that you're experiencing or feeling in your life, good or bad, Always be present in the word. Always be present in what it is that our God has for us in our natural order. And everything else just kind of starts to make sense. And everything mm-hmm. just kind of falls into place from there. And I know it sounds crazy. I know the the Eucharist stories that you heard from Ted may sound quote unquote crazy. But if you truly open your heart and you truly open your mind, it starts to make so much more sense. And it doesn't seem crazy. It no. just seems natural. It seems right. Yeah. It seems... That's, that's just the best way I can explain it. You know, and all these, I keep talking about Mary because, you know, just in the last year, my eyes have been open to her and again, not worshiping her because God uses her intercession. And I know God doesn't have to use her intercession, but through those apparitions, man, please go look those up because they are, I mean, I think your mind will be blown especially Our Lady of Guadalupe. That, in just the, the, this image that was on the tilma, you go look that up. And, and scientists, doctors, they can't figure it out. <laughs> they, um, like, they determined, they even took an infrared scan of it, no brush strokes. So, and the, the, the colors on it, doesn't match any kind of paint color on earth. It's not any kind of 
of compound on on Earth mm-hmm. that they can find that this image is made out of. Eye doctors have taken um, I don't know what their micros their opta whatever it is you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Looked in their in her eyes and it's like a human eyeball. Just this this image that's in Mexico City that's it's just a flat image like this that was on this this poor farmer's tilma. So when they look in her eye, it's just like an eyeball. Like they can see the back of her eye and it has a refracted image on it of who she was looking at at the time of this hap. The whole story, make it really short, is she kept telling this, this poor farmer because the Aztecs and the Spanish were in a bloody, bloody war. The Aztecs were killing everybody in sight they're human sacrificing yeah they're eating throwing hearts. people into volcanoes exactly yeah. it was crazy she was trying to stop all this god was using her to try to get peace and to stop all the human sacrifices and all this and that so anyway she used this this farmer this poor farmer and told him to go to the bishop and build a temple or a shrine on the top of this hill where the Aztecs were doing all their human sacrifices at, build a shrine in my honor. And a lot of people, when they hear that, they say, oh, that means you worship Mary. No. (laughs) Because if they knew very much about the Catholic Church, when you build a shrine, temple, church, whatever you want to call it, it houses the Holy Eucharist, which is Jesus Christ. There's going to be crucifixes in there. There's going to be crosses. Jesus is in there. It's not a temple to worship Mary. Anyway, so he does this over and over. The bishop's like, you're out of your mind. You didn't see the Blessed Virgin, you know. And then finally said, okay, if this is true, bring me a sign. So he comes back. uh, Mary tells him to go around the corner there will be a rose bush there of i think it's castilian roses which are very very rare and they only grow in spain and this was mexico and the bishop was from that region of spain so he would recognize these roses um, and know that this couldn't happen here in mexico so she loaded his tilma up with these roses and she said when you get in front of the bishop just drop your tilma and he'll see these roses and know that you're telling the truth so she arranged him in his tilma, and he's holding it up kind of like this. And so when he walks in, he sees the bishop, and he just drops the roses. Well, when the roses hit the floor, this image appeared on his tilma. And so the bishop hit his knees and knew that he was telling the truth. So this image was behind one single pane of glass. Well, actually, it was out in the open air for... This happened in like 1531, I believe. So they started displaying this image, you know, and it's a big pilgrimage for Catholics to come and see that. Um, side note is, is it converted over 9 million people. And, um, the Aztecs stopped fighting the Spanish, um, and they started getting along with each other. So it basically ended all the violence there. Um, over, I think it was a 10-year period that it took, but over 10 years, not over 9 million people converted. But anyway, um, so this was out in the open air. And the tilma is basically, looks like a gunny sack that's made out of um, 
basically like a cact, like a not cactus, but a oh, what are aloe vera plants made out of? Yuccas. Yeah, it's made basically made out of that material. So they said, you know, over time, like in within twenty years, this whole thing would have disintegrated, and it's still there today. Um, and it was out in the open air, nothing covering it. Um, so people used to still go and see it, but it, I want to say in the thirties or forties, communism was trying to sweep through Mexico. You kind of remember that? Yeah, I was I was alive then. Yeah, I, well, I, I remember the. 30s yeah, I and 40s. thought so. <laughs> but communism was trying to sweep through, you know, like Southern America, uh, Mexico. So anyway, there's a story about there was a brass crucifix in front of the image. Um, and then there's a big marble like rail. And then the image was above that. So one single pane of glass It's in a frame now. So people used to go there and leave roses and all that in front of it. Well, a terrorist, a communist terrorist, wanted to destroy the image because they wanted to just to destroy, you know, anything Catholicism. They wanted to get rid of it so they could bring in communism. So he was tasked with destroying the image. So he showed up with roses and he had 21 sticks of dynamite in the roses. So he leaves the roses at the altar, walks off, it blows up, destroys the whole marble altar. I mean, just into a million pieces. Like, knocks windows out of buildings for blocks. And in fact, I think it destroyed a couple of buildings right close to it. Or not destroyed it, but really did a lot of damage to them. Bent the grass crucifix over backwards. Didn't do anything to the image. Didn't even break the glass. Huh. And it, the crucifix is pretty cool because what they're saying is it shows Jesus will bend over backwards to protect his mother. Huh. But, well, but the, and that's, that's important too because there is a lot of symbolism. Yeah. In, in, in the gospels too. Right. So, I mean, that's not even a far stretch of the imagination either. But here's another one that'll blow your mind. They put a stethoscope. On the image, on her heart, they can hear a heartbeat. They put it on her womb, and it's like 114 beats per minute for like a boy. Yep, yep, right. Like doctors yeah. did this and can hear the heartbeat on this image, huh. on the tilma. And it's like all the stuff with the eyeballs, the heart, it not being paint. They can't figure out what it even is. It's just, I mean, it's mind-blowing. Man, it's been fun. Yeah. <laughs> got a speechless. I can keep going on and on. Do you want to do a real quick experiment? What you got? Just so I can plug Catholicism. Not Nothing against any, any, any of my brothers and sisters, but real quick, do you have an Apple phone? He does. Okay, just ask Siri. Is it Siri? Mm-hmm. Who... We'll just use the Methodist religion. Who founded the Methodist religion? And then after it says it, then you can just stop. And then we'll do, like, Presbyterian. Hey, Siri. Who founded the Methodist religion? John Wesley. Can you do it so it says it out loud? Uh, 
Give it the program, Nate. <laughs> Everybody here is listening, okay, Nate? They can't see anything. Hey, Siri, who founded the Methodist religion? John Wesley created Methodism. Okay. Presbyterian. Who founded the Presbyterian religion? Here's what I found from Wikipedia. Reform Protestantism, of which Presbyterianism is a subset, originated in the Swiss Reformation under the leadership of Heinrich Bullinger, Huldrych Zwingli, William Farrell, and John Calvin. Okay. Okay, now ask it, who, who founded Catholicism? Who founded Catholicism? Here's what I found from History.com. The Jesuit movement was founded by Ignatius de Loyola, a Spanish soldier no. turned priest. <laughs> that didn't work. Uh, technologies. Who's, who started Catholicism? Maybe start say that. Who started Catholicism? I found this on the web. It just gives you a bunch uh, of web searches. It's supposed to say Jesus Christ. No, yeah. okay. It was founded by Jesus Christ. Oh, let's see what Google says. That's what... That's what uh, who the started Catholicism? Pops up with says, according to the Catholic tradition, the Catholic Church was founded by Jesus Christ. Okay. Yep, that's what that's what Google says as well. It's kind of cool when you hear it out loud. Yeah. You know, I mean, not not dogging any any denomination, but it's like you hear all these these men that started it, and then you ask who founded Catholicism. It says Jesus Christ. Yeah, I mean. The Bible's been translated over and over and over again, and you know people can, in that translation, kind of oh, warp yeah. it to their yeah. needs and yeah. water it down, quote unquote, to what is but, comfortable for them. But you want to know what's interesting is they actually, when they found the Dead Sea Scrolls that were thousands and thousands and thousands of years old, um, the actual translation that we have today is pretty damn close. I mean, it's it's been a pretty well guarded, well done, well done thing. Now. Things I'm like, saying the stories originally when they were translated. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. When they were written onto the scrolls, you know, that was taken from someone who witnessed that. Yeah, the first hand account. Yeah, and they put that on that scroll as their account, you know, and they could have translated. Yeah, but, yeah and, and typically when you're translating those, you're translating them from like Aramaic to mm-hmm. then like Greek and then like the Greek into the English. And so... You know, Greek, Greece has, Greek has three or four different ways to say love. Mm-hmm. And they all mean different things yeah. in the context of a sentence. So sometimes that's where the translation can get kind of rough. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing I love about my current pastor is like he literally, he stands up there with a Greek Bible and preaches from it. And I'm reading, that's cool. I'm reading the NIV on mine because I don't like just taking whatever they say because they're 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 fallible. They're man, just like I am. So I like to read it along with them. So I can tell Janine, I agape you. Yep, agape. That is one of them. <laughs> and, and agape would be like the the way that Christ loves us. Like mm-hmm. that would be agape. I mean, it's like a, it's like a deep seated like just love. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, um. There was another one I was trying to think of that I, I had it right on the tip of my tongue. Uh, oh, the uh, Protevangelium is another one of them where it's basically uh, like the, 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 the promise of uh, – I'm probably going to butcher the hell out of it. It's basically like the, the story of Christ and the promise that you know, you're going to be uh, saved and have everlasting life and um, that kind of thing. 
Um, I'm, I'm gonna so I don't. I'm gonna like make sure that I said that right. Can I ask you guys a question? Um, like when I was converting to Catholicism, and I was, you know, it was not quite Easter. I was almost there, and I there were people that knew that I were that were knew that I was converting, and they would say stuff to me like, "Well, you know, that's really cool, but you know, you still have to believe in Jesus." I'm like, well, yeah. And so, you know, and I didn't know hardly anything about Catholicism before I, before I took these classes. So I kind of had my idea about it. I thought it was weird. I thought they worshiped Mary. I thought they, you know, the statues, you know, everything I've said before. Mm-hmm. And then found out that's totally not the case. But anyway, I just kind of wondered what people actually think. Catholicism is because I had a couple of people say, well, you know, you still have to believe in Jesus. You can't just do good works and expect to get to heaven. (laughs) What do you think we believe in? You know what? My honest, like, (laughs) honestly, what my, the words that come to mind for me are control. That's, that's what I think of when Mm -hmm. I think of that. I I think of, I think of, um, like basically over traditionalized, like we get wrapped up in the, um, and this isn't me attacking you. This no, is me, no, this is me I, answering no, your question. Just, yeah. Um, getting wrapped up in the, like, I got to wear a suit to church. Like when they were literally wearing tattered rags when mm-hmm. Jesus was, you know, hailing people. Right. Um, you know, got to sing these hymns when it's like, that, that doesn't say anywhere in scripture, like thou shalt read from the hymns book that didn't exist when Christ was, yeah, you know, yeah. was, uh, doing his thing. Um, and, and then the whole, like you were talking about, which you've, you've helped alleviate with me. When I, um, but the whole, uh, uh, confession mm-hmm. to, to the priest didn't, uh, didn't like that. Didn't make sense. Yeah. I, um, I was the same I way with that too. And when you talked, you talked to me about that at the gym and I was like, Hmm, that does kind of make yeah. sense. Now. Even yeah. uh purgatory. It's almost was, like your accountability a, partner at the gym. Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, and even purgatory, I was like, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, how can there be a place in between? here in heaven that you go. But Shit, how do you know we aren't already there right now? We could be, <laughs> honestly. Because we have a God be. that is, we have a God that is outside beyond, beyond time and space. Well, in the <laughs> way that Father Michael explained purgatory, and, and this was a whole class, it was a couple of classes actually, but to summarize it, if you go to purgatory, you're going to heaven. All it, to make it really simple is none of us, are clean. Yeah. Right. For sure. I mean, we all have some sort of vice, some sort of sin. I mean, you could say you're a guy that maybe drinks or smokes and you have a heart of gold. You do anything for anybody. You, you do, you know, you're going to church. You're a believer, whatever. Don't go to church, whatever. You're a believer. You believe. Um, you're going to go to purgatory. Everybody's well, in the Catholic religion, even Father Michael goes, I'm going to purgatory. I'm not, I'm not clean. We're Everybody's unclean. Mm-hmm. You've got, you only clean, you can only be clean to enter heaven. So this is a place where you go to get clean and then go to heaven. Which kind of makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do you, how would you smoke, drink, cuss for years and then all of a sudden you're in heaven? Because, I mean, it just kind of makes sense to me that you would be 
cleaned up. Well, you, you're being given an opportunity for that grace and that love and to be able to like, yeah. hey, change, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. which is what makes me think like right now we're doing our level headed best because, you know, God and Christ knows what's on our hearts, right? right? We can sit and say the words to the people, but if we truly don't have it in our heart and we still have that heart of stone, yeah, God knows that. Yep. And so it's like, it's almost to me like, and, and again, I have no theology to back this, but it's like we're living in that purgatory right now because we're in that sin. We're in that we're sinful and we're trying to work towards being clean right. and doing that kind of yeah. thing. And I know that goes against your teaching, but like that's just like my mind's eye of, of that thing. No, I'm, I mean, at the end of the day, who knows for sure? Yeah. No, who really knows? Our human minds I mean, cannot comprehend. No, but for sure we're all going to find out one day what the truth is. Mm-hmm. One way know? or another. Yeah. There is a beginning and end to all yeah. of us. When we die, we're going to find out the truth. We're By the way, speck of dust. Protevangelium is it shows us that God has always had a plan for salvation in mind and informed us of his plans as soon as sin entered the world. So it's essentially Protevangelium is kind of the Bible, like the the... Mm-hmm the thought process or whatever behind God's promising us, promising us salvation. So I was trying to nerd out there and then couldn't even remember what the damn definition was. No, I just, I just kind of got the, the feeling from, you know, a lot of people that are not Catholic, that they don't think that Catholics believe in Jesus, that they just believe in Mary. Well, the, and I'm just, I don't know. My, my, I mean, I had I had heard that before that you guys that Catholics didn't believe in Jesus. I don't know where I, I don't know if that was at school or whatnot, but I had heard that before, and it could have been like when I was young, and that's that's kids misunderstanding the concept of it, you know, which is probably probably well, happens I, a lot. I heard that same thing when I was a little kid with my relatives because my relatives in Arizona are Catholic, and. All my relatives in Sterling and Wichita are not. And I remember sitting at the table, and I was maybe, I don't know, we'll say 12. And um, and I was sitting there listening to the conversation they are talking about, because my relatives from Arizona had just left, and they were just like, ah, I just can't believe they believe in what they believe and all this and that. And I'm like, I go, well, why don't, why don't we like Catholics and I remember somebody at the table saying, well, because they don't believe Jesus is our Lord and Savior. I was like, oh, well, that's really weird. I, but that I, I, is not, I must say I've never heard that. That's not the case at all. I've but yeah, heard. that was a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I I, and I had actually, I had known I have heard that other places in my life, too, that they're, well, you know, the Catholics, they don't really believe that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. I'm like, man, that's strange. But, yeah, that's not the case at all. I mean, again, I think it would just be fascinating to have Father Michael on here. Oh, just man. To, I mean, because yeah. it, 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 and it wouldn't be like this, like, attack. Like, we're trying no. to, like, we're trying to discredit you. But, like, I have a lot of hard questions. Yeah. Answer them. And he, to, the, to the best of your ability, of course. Trust me, he wants you to ask the hard questions. He wants you to ask whatever, whatever you want to ask him. How old is he? I think he just turned 30. Yeah, I was gonna say I th- I was gonna say twenties, but late twenties. Yeah, he just had a birthday into January, February. You're younger than he is. And uh, yeah, I think he just turned. It's either twenty nine or thirty, but I think he just turned thirty. Yeah. 
See, there's still hope. You can be a, fa- a father <laughs> in the Catholic Church, Nate. Yeah. <laughs> but Father Shepherd in Wichita, he's a couple years older than Father Michael, and they were in the same seminary. And I was talking to Father Shepherd about Father Michael, and I was like, you know, I really like him. And he's like, oh. He said, I'm not, he goes, I am not kidding you when I say that man is a genius. He said, he is a genius. He's like the smartest person I've ever met. I went to a wedding. And he was over the wedding there in Lyons. And I really liked him. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. Like, you could just sit down and have a conversation with him. Nothing about religion. And it, it would just be like you're talking to one of the guys. Yeah. I mean, well, and seeing him active in the community, too. I think that's another thing as well. Because I think another thing that I would associate with the Catholic Church is, like, closed off. When you think of things like the Vatican mm-hmm. and all that, and the big walls. And the, that's emblematical of stay out. Yeah. You know, and when seeing him out in the community, it's like, whoa, you know, that's kind of like, like I'd seen somewhere he's like maybe going to the school and reading books or something like that. You know, it wasn't like he was reading the Bible. Obviously, can't do that. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, not yet anyway. Yeah. Um, well, you know, what's actually interesting is if the student initiates it, then they can do it all day long. Yeah. Just the public money again, follow the money can't, you know, how bad is it that we're the number one consumer of child porn? child human human trafficking opioids i'm sure we're in the top 10 of alcohol abuse maybe number one drug abuse but we can't read the bible or pray in in school yeah well it's just like it's it's we focus so much on the temporal and not the eternal Mm -hmm. it's easy to get my my high and my fix and that feel good feeling from all of those things that you just then to walk with Christ and do the hard thing. And people are like water. Like to take the easiest path. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why it makes so much sense to me that we're devoid of that. We don't want to do the hard work. Hell, I don't want to do the hard work. Like I'd rather just be rich, smoke stogies, drink alcohol here and there, you know, like I'd rather do that. Put your VR headset on and probably do that. Uh, And (laughs) probably not far off of that. Honestly. No, no, you're right. People living in that, False nope. reality. Nobody you know? wants to do the hard work. That's all there is to it. That's so, for sure. So before we sign off, you've got a new venture in your business that's that's doing well, and and you're you're trying to push it. What do you got going on? Okay, so we're selling a mosquito trap, um, and it was developed by the University of Florida. Um, this professor has studied mosquitoes. I think he said for over forty years, maybe even fifty. <coughs> but anyway, he's come up with with the purpose perfect chemical dosage it's a microdose chemical that will kill adult as well as um, the eggs and larvae of a mosquito so the mosquito trap itself has a little white tea bag in it um, looks like a tea bag so when you pour water in it it takes about two to three days to activate the tea bag the tea bag is loaded for with uh, pheromones to attract the female and I didn't know this but the female mosquito is the only one that will bite right Um, so it attracts a female in to lay her eggs. And then if you look at the sides of the trap around it, there's these (laughs) ridges on it. So in the heat of the day, this is important. You have to put it in the shade when it's, um, afternoon sun, you need to put it in the shade wherever you're sitting. Um, one will cover 1500 square feet and last for three months. So you put it in the shade. The female mosquito in the heat of the day looks for shade and stagnant water. 
Well, the pheromones attract her to the stagnant water, and she gets in there, lays her eggs, and then likes to rest on the ledge, and then that kills her, kills all the eggs, any larva that's in there as well. Um, so it keeps wiping out generations. Um, and from what I noticed, and a lot of people I've talked to that have bought them, you know, earlier on, that the first week, you're still going to have a lot. You still notice them. Second week, you're noticing, wow, there's not hardly, there's not as many. Um, the third week, I noticed I didn't have any. So it's kind of like the longer it goes, <coughs> the better it works. Yeah. Because it's, it's like a long-term mosquito control. It's not going to knock them all down. Kind of like what in, you'd in expect from the, can, like the candle that you light. Right, that keeps yeah. Them out. yeah. You know, or when you fog... When it when that chemical's in the air, it's knocking down anything in the air. It's killing everything in the air. But as soon as it dissipates, it's over. So it lasts basically about 30 seconds, and then it's done. I mean, you knocked a lot of them down, but all the ones that are still everywhere where the spray wasn't, they come, they move right, right in. Yep. So, um, so far, this has been working very well. I think uh, I, we talked a little bit about it, but, like, the potential for, like, that if they could figure out how to do it for like, I think you said they were working on flies. Yeah. But even like, um, like millers and stuff for yeah. farmers, because that's where our army worms come from. And oh yeah. They're going to yeah. be the, the boars we're going to fight this year. They're going to be terrible. Oh yeah. We may not wow. have a, we may not have a crop because of boars. There's nothing you can do about them. Honestly. Is that because of all the rain we've had and just being, uh, no, ha- them having, I don't, favorable so, well it's the the moths that yeah. we had that were so thick yeah mm-hmm. those they lay the eggs and then those boars come out of those eggs and the, so the, the outside of my was, shed is covered in dead moths well that was when it covered. was dry you know there was no rain so i think the drought may have put them into overdrive on something and i mean because they well, were and they terrible. migrate to colorado like i think it's every three or seven years something like that so they that's why they were so bad through this area because they were heading to Colorado. Mm. Oh, okay. Some of them just got stuck so, on our sheds and houses and they yeah, didn't make it. Yeah. Cause so since the last time you were on the podcast, you bought the pest control business from your I mom. Did. Yeah. And so how, how do people get a hold of you, get your services? What are some of the services that you offer? Um, well, so my brother owned the termite part of it and he sold the termite part to advance pest control and hutch, but I still do all the spraying for general insects like spiders, crickets, ants, um, roaches, fleas, bed bugs, all that. Um, and then now we do mosquitoes as well. So um, you can call me. Um, my number is 620-680-1661, or you can call the office number at 620-278-3390. Did you get a website set up yet? Not yet. Okay. We're still working on it. We're still working on our software. Uh, I can I help. I can help say... you with general website setup stuff if you really want that done. Okay. And I wouldn't. I wouldn't charge you an arm and a leg or anything. I appreciate that. I mean, like a basic site, dude. I could have you a basic site. Only a only hundred thousand dollars. I only have two <laughs> arms and two legs. <laughs> I want that leg. You don't want that leg. <laughs> That's, that's the one that's Ted's not like, very you good. Can, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, you, you can have this leg. <laughs> uh, I was talking about the third leg, but okay. Um, so, uh, 
We as, are as, doing a, we're still doing our 4th of July special. So one mosquito trap is $42 to the two pack is $80. Okay. Um, and then, uh, like what are, what are some of the service areas that you cover? Oh man, we go obviously Sterling Lions, Great Bend Chase. Um, we go to Ellsworth, uh, McPherson. Uh, we go to, Stafford, St. John area, Hutch, um, Wichita. So pretty big area. Okay. So pretty much from Great Bend to Wichita to McPherson, um, close to Pratt. Okay. But I mean, we pretty much go anywhere within that area and we hit all the little towns between there too. Is there anything that you specialize in other than the uh, mosquitoes? I mean, as far as like things that you're kind of good at or you know well or whatever. Just trying to be sexy. No. <laughs> As they're like, you know what, you son of a bitch, take my money. <laughs> take it all. No. Um, Janine, we've Janine had... is rolling her eyes right now. <laughs> As she listens to this, Janine is rolling her eyes. We've always been pretty good at, at getting rid of spiders and ants. Um, and I think this year, man, this year has been such a weird year. I mean, everything is bad, bad, bad. Um, but we started seeing box elder bugs a month ago and usually you don't see those until like late September. So I don't know what's going on with that. And I really think crickets are going to be bad this year too, because we've already started seeing a few of those Mm -hmm. and you know, those are more September, October and we're already seeing those. We fought roly polies. Yeah, our, we've seen, yeah, we've seen a lot of those. Um, they were eating, they were crawling up on our hemp plants and turning them into a stick, eating everything. Are you kidding? Everything. Wow. Yep. I didn't know they'd do that. I didn't know that either. I thought that they were kind of like, they hung out in the cold, yeah. the damp, wet mm-hmm. places and just ate stuff that was like molding away and decaying, but they were crawling up on the plants and eating everything. Oh, I will say, if you get a lot of like Amazon packages open them outside and shake them out and really, really inspect what you ordered before you take it inside. Because I don't know how many calls we've had for roaches in Amazon boxes that they opened in the house and then they have roaches in their house. Hmm. Um, That's been bad. Wood roaches will get inside and people freak out because they think it's it's, the German roaches. They look very similar. They do. They're just larger. Yeah. A lot larger. Um, so if you're having roaches that are like an inch or smaller, you need to call somebody, even if it's not me, call somebody immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Larger than an inch. It's probably a wood roach, um, that got in by accident. And I think they're, they thrive in heat and humidity. So I think their population is so big right now that they're being pushed in people's houses. Um, and they don't, they don't like to be inside. So more than likely they got inside and they can't get back out. Gotcha. But they do look a lot like the German roach. They're just a lot larger. Well, Eli will be happy with the crickets thing because that's what he feeds his turtle. Mm. So yeah. He'll be happy with that. I think we're going to have a lot. Well, we appreciate you taking the time to come on, man. Thank yet you again. very much. That was no, fun. It was Thank a good you. podcast. And, uh, we, uh, I mean, I imagine that once we get done, we're like, ah, we should have talked about that. Or we're going to be at the gym going, man, we should have talked about that. We We could have a whole special on 9-11. 
Well, I'm telling Maybe we should do that on 9-11. Let's vote. Oh, that's actually kind of a fun idea. So what, are you, what are you doing on 9-11? <laughs> I'm just checking the calendar. I don't know what day working. that falls on, but... Probably working. Like, we could do it before, after. Special. You could do, like, a whole special... Uh, it, well, it actually... Actually, dude, it's it like was a Monday, 9-11 release. It's a Monday. Mm-hmm. So we should totally do that. Oh, oh. Well, well you, we'd have to record it, right, basically. Are you doing a honeymoon? Oh, yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, Janine. You want me to edit um, that part out? <laughs> well, I don't. I think we're going on our honeymoon the next week. Well, because your wedding's the eighth. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm going to be at that. I'll so, be in California the eighth, ninth, tenth. I'm the maid of honor. Remember? Yeah. Or sorry, the matron of honor. I thought you were going to be the flower girl. Yeah, dang it. <laughs> you were supposed to tell anybody. I'm supposed to be the flower girl in Nelson's wedding too. <laughs> dang. I was going to have you ride. My Doberman down the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> With a little cowboy hat on. It would be a nice ride. Tiny cowboy And Janine's rolling her eyes again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so if, okay, well, I mean, because then if you're available that weekend. Yeah, I, let me talk to her. <laughs> She's going to be like, you want to do what? Are you serious? <laughs> we could do it the previous, uh, we can. Yeah, so we could Two or three it. weeks beforehand. Yeah, we could record and then just release it on the 11th. That wouldn't be hard. We could schedule it in August. That'd be cool. Oh, wait, and we yeah. can actually I do like get, research. Because I haven't really done anything for maybe a year or two on it. So Okay, let's we'll refreshers. Kinda, All right, yeah. So it's it's happening. Yeah. Like we're going to do it. Okay, so start we cool. start the research process and then yeah. we could schedule closer to that time. Okay. Yeah. So. There's a lot of interesting information about that. Well, and the cool thing is, unlike Bay of Pigs and stuff like that, we actually have like video and audio yeah. and that kind of yeah, stuff that we do. could even incorporate really into the podcast do. like yeah, I did tonight. that would be good. I had like three or four more other videos just like as talking points, but it was so natural. I'm like, I'm not even going to play them. Like, we're just going to keep going with what we're doing. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think it's cool to be able to like bring some of those videos and stuff in because then you can really start to like digest things. Like when you hear Bill Clinton say, I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Like it, it's different when you can like hear it. Versus right. like somebody telling it, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah, that'd be fun to do. Yeah, I agree. Mister Mister Lux Design and Build, you want to take it away from there? Close us out. Yep, yep. So well, this is a good podcast, Ted. Appreciate you coming on. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun, and you know, I just want to challenge the uh, the people in Sterling to uh, love like Jesus would love. Yeah, for sure. And uh, even those that have harmed you. Yep, it's. Tomorrow night's going to be interesting, but yeah. just hope that everybody keeps their sanity and that uh, it stays peaceful for everybody's sake. One thing I can say that's given me a whole lot of peace in my life is praying the rosary. And the rosary is not, that is not, that does not have to be a Catholic thing at all. There are a lot of Protestants that pray the rosary. Mm-hmm. And if you've never prayed the rosary... Just look it up. It's a lot of our fathers, a lot of glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hail Mary is not worshiping Hail Mary. It's actually asking her to pray for Christ for our sins. Um, and what bre- what better prayer warrior than asking the mother of Jesus to say, hey, help me. Help me talk to Jesus so he will have mercy on me. Makes sense. So... Um, that really has given me a whole lot of peace. 
and I pray it every day. I have since February, actually into January. Is that your uh, first wake up, first before you go to bed? Like, what's your routine with that? Um, usually, sometimes I do wake up early and pray it before my day, which I would rather do that. But a lot of times I'll pray it right before I go to bed, just because mm-hmm. it's so relaxing and so peaceful. It just, I mean, you go to sleep with Jesus on your heart, basically. Makes sense. So, I guess we'll close this out now before we go not, down another rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will shut up now. No. Um, yeah, man. If you want to tell him to shut up, just tell him to shut up, Nate. <laughs> Why does it got to be like that? Why you got to be passive aggressive? Sorry. It's in my nature. <laughs> um, well, guys, thanks for listening to Higher Points. Hope you enjoyed today's uh, episode. And if you have any uh, questions um, for Ted, you know, you can reach out and um, you can reach out to us and we can shoot you ted's number and uh yeah good or bad yep and uh just let us know what you think leave us a like review share the podcast um go check out the website at thehigherpoints.com and our social medias and uh, we appreciate you all have a good one catch up with you guys next time